everything's okay now. I'll be your hero. Cody, we're going to figure out what that means as we talk about the first half and probably the best half of any current televised arc of My Hero Academia this week on Shonen and Suds. Cody! <laughs> What's up, man? What's going on, Chris? Not a whole lot, my man, other than other than my allergies kicking my ass. I'm in a great mood. Oh, yeah. I'm right How there with you. How about you, Danny? I'm right there with you with the allergy game. If you couldn't tell by the sound of my voice, it is, uh, it's going rough over here, but uh, we'll get through it. It's all that pollen out there on the high plains of the Midwest, isn't it? That's right, Chris. Man, but Cody, we are back once again. Shonen and Sons, episode forty-one. We are we are over the hill officially now. We are we are forty-one episodes in, and of course, as always, I'm your host Chris Adams, and I'm Cody Snodgrass. And today we're we're covering, and we all knew this was coming. We're all done with our our theatrical romp, uh, the first theatrical romp with My Hero Academia, and we are getting back to brass tacks here, Cody. We're covering my favorite arc of the, at least the televised, um, the animated, I guess, uh, My Hero Academia. Not, not to be confused, there's some really boss-ass uh, arcs in the manga that come up here, especially the, the My Villain Academia arc, which might actually be my favorite next to this one. Um, I can't wait to see that on TV. But, Cody, we're, there's a lot here to unpack because, like, again, I was telling you right before we started recording, man, that, like, this is the arc that, like, this is the one that, this is what made me really, truly fall in love with My Hero Academia. And probably what puts uh, Mirio Togata as probably my favorite all-time anime character. And that's a, that's a big, that's a big pair of shoes to fill. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's your guy, though. I, I, ever since I've known you, that's been your, your favorite character. Now, granted, we've only known each other... I don't know how many years it's been, but... Uh, yeah, a couple years, a couple I think years. ever since we started shooting the shit about anime, you know, yeah, Lemillion and Mirio, obviously the same guy, but that's been your... The dude I know you for. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And um, and it's... This season does not disappoint. And, um, you know, Cody, but before we dive into that, we actually got some news. Um, This actually kind of happened right after we recorded last week. Obviously, we had a lot of talk about uh the... um demon slayer movie but like the next day they revealed season four's trailer for cat because we already heard that season four was coming out soon but they put out the trailer for season four of castlevania like basically the next day after we recorded and if you guys have not seen it yet you need to put this shit on pause (laughs) in fact i don't even want to talk to you until you go do it that's right chris it is it is quite the trailer. I think it's almost I think it's closing in on like three million views already. Oh my god, dude. It is so it is nothing but gas and code. And now uh this season four comes out May thirteenth, so it is right around the corner. We are like T minus nine days, so I mean we're gonna be we'll be covering this very soon. Um Yeah, probably but I really I think it'll be sorry for interrupting, but it'll be our oh, last no. episode of May, I believe, because we'll do we got season four today, and then next week, mm-hmm. and then uh, Hero the Rises, mm-hmm. the second movie, yeah. Yep. And then we'll be right back into Castlevania. 
I cannot wait. It looks like just from the, obviously the trailer, they got to hit you with the sizzle reel, right? So it's all this. The trailer is all action, and I hope the season is all action. Yeah, man. So it looks so good. And like we said, May thirteenth, the release date on that. So like like you mentioned, nine days away, and it is going to be ten episodes. So we'll probably just do it all in one go. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And this will be the end of Castlevania, um, at least this particular story arc that they're telling. Um, now, Cody, we did also mention they did say that uh, they are doing a uh, like basically a spinoff series um, set in the, set in the Castlevania universe um, with different characters, probably telling a different story. Which really makes me hope that they're going to dig into some of the other games' lore. Whereas this one, this one primarily deals with like Castlevania three um, and the Curse of Darkness on PlayStation two. I would love to see them dig into some of the Game Boy Advance games, specifically the Dawn of Sorrow and Aria of Sorrow uh, story. If they animated that and put that on TV, Cody, man, take my money now. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll subscribe to three Netflix if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they can really go wrong as long as they get rid of that scumbag writer. And uh... <laughs> Yeah, boy, howdy. They need to vet their guys a little bit better, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep this great animation team that they've got because... Yes. Like we mentioned time and time again, this trailer just looks incredible. I mean, it looks like the action scenes you'd normally get in like a theatrical release of like an animated film. Mm-hmm. And uh, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I'm lo- looking forward to that at the end of this month. Absolutely, and uh, and Cody, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, you know, all the all this talking we're doing, all this gushing we're doing over Castlevania has me awfully parched. So I need to know what's drinking. All right, Chris. Well, uh, I got something special today. It's uh, it's on theme for an event happening this week. Uh, as we all know, tomorrow is the uh, is Cinco de Mayo. So uh, it's C C C C. I figured these allergies can't hold me back, so I might as well get the party started a little bit early. And I picked mm-hmm. up a picked up a strawberryita from the local Seven Eleven on the way home. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, just pre-gaming for tomorrow. But uh, what what about you, Chris? What do you got today? Well. I'm doing a, uh, I already cracked it like a, like a jerk ass here, but I am doing the truly passion fruit cider. Um, you know, passion fruit is just an, an awfully weird, it's a strange fruit, but it's a more of a, a tropical fruit. Um, you know, sweet, lots of seeds in it. If you've had an actual, it's almost kind of boogery inside, but ex- it always makes an excellent flavor for any kind of drinks and juices. However, Cody, you know, we're not just bringing you anime news, and we're not just drinking uh, ciders and seltzers. I actually got some, I got some 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 seltzer news hot off the presses. Ooh, so love that. Truly, <laughs> for the summer, Truly is introducing their uh, their punch hard seltzer pack. It's a it's a four varieties of like fruit punch seltzers. <laughs> There's a fruit punch, a citrus punch. A berry punch and a tropical punch. Oh man, Chris! Cody, I can't be any more in. You you had me at fruit punch, and then you then you you know you brought me home with citrus punch. You know you you got me into the bed. You got me out into the bedroom with uh, berry punch, and then you got my pants off with tropical punch. So, Chris, we can't we can't stay away from these damn party packs, man. I'm telling they you, they keep making them. And like, dude, like they're. 
the crazy thing is there's like not a lot of sugar in them. They're only a hundred calories and they're, they're, they got as much ABV as a beer. Like it's, this is be- I, Cody, this has quickly left the suds territory and has become like, we might as well just call ourselves Shonen and seltzers at this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I don't know the last time I had an actual beer on this podcast that wasn't like a seltzer or like a, yeah. a tea or. Yeah. But they're just so goddamn refreshing, and they, they taste so great while we're talking about wonderful, wonderful animes. Yeah, Chris, even like today when I went to 7-Eleven, I'm looking at the tall boys, and it's just like I see Bud Select, Bud Wise, and I'm just like, eh, where, 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 where's, the, where's the fruity stuff? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I need something with what, bubbles. What happened to me? I used to be Bud Lights only. So, uh... That's right. <laughs> Bud, Light, Bud Light doesn't even know you anymore. That's right, Chris, but... uh. That's that's all our drink news for this week, I believe. Yeah, and I'm ready, Cody. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to dive in to season four of My Hero Academia. Now, like I said, we've uh we just got done with the uh the class uh of UA High One A. Uh, we just got done with their first theatrical outing, which overall was a great experience. But now we're diving back in, and we're starting season four with probably one of the best ways to do a recap episode that I've seen in like any anime, right? Cause every anime has to have like the recap episode. Yeah. I, to- I totally agree. This one was done so well because it's done from the point of view of a freelance journalist, uh, Taneo Tokuda, who basically, basically this episode, the, the big takeaways from this episode, I don't want to spend too much time on this one, Basically, he's doing a story on All Might's retirement, and this whole time, and it goes through this episode just recapping pretty much everything up to this point. Um, you know, he goes and he, I want to say, he speaks with the students, he speaks with Mr. Aizawa. Um, you know, he actually records the class and looks at their quirks. Um, and ideally, what he's just seeing is he's he 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 already figured out that like you know All Might retiring. And from what he said in the video, when he points and he says, now it's your turn, like this journalist deduced that he's talking to his successor. It's not just some general statement. And by the by the end of the episode, he actually figures out that it is Deku. That Deku is the one who inherited the uh, all, all for one. But what's really cool is that, like, he he's not going to, you know, he wants to kind of preserve the integrity of the spirit of uh, the symbol of peace. So he's not really going to go out and say anything. Yeah, it, but this guy definitely like figures it out real quick. And it, just to touch mm-hmm. on it briefly, like he doesn't actually know that he's received like the mm-hmm. one for all power because obviously that's like a super top secret thing. But he he can tell that this is supposed to be the next uh, symbol of peace. Yep. And uh, yeah, but it's like he knows, but he's not going to let people know that he knows, and he's gonna he's gonna keep the integrity alive, which I think is really really great. Um, again, that is the best kind of recap. I would love to see more animes take that approach. Like, give us a fresh episode, but, you know, do the recap from the point of view of maybe an outside party, you know, which I I thought it was done very, very well. Like, that's, to me, it almost didn't feel like a recap episode. Yeah, I agree. I, I also like how every now and again we'll get an episode that's narrated by, like, a different character. Yes. Uh, like, like, for instance, like the episode with Twice last season. Um, mm-hmm. It just puts another spin on it. Absolutely, and of course, Twice is a fantastic character. And going into the next episode, well, that's um, it's not really where we start, but it's where we'll get to here in a second. Um, we get back to the uh, 
to the students talking about doing their hero work studies. It gives us the quick recap of Deku calling Gran Torino to see if he can do a work study with him. But he's like, no, he's busy. He's helping the police. But he recommends that, um, hey, all you know, All Might might be able to introduce you to somebody, uh, specifically his old sidekick. Um, and I, I want to say that I can't remember if they name him here, if they mention his name here, but we're talking about Sir Nighteye, um, who is um, All Might's former sidekick. And we'll talk about them a little bit later. Um, but here we have kind of the meeting that we've been waiting for. Because um, in the end of last season, twice uh, caught up with Overhaul, uh, Chai, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Kai Chisaki, Chisakai. Um, who is the basically the the leader of the Shei uh, Hasasaki. <laughs> Sorry, there's yeah. his name sounds too much like the organization. I hate one, that. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. They could could they not have named him or it something else? But I get it. But so twice is bringing. Uh, we'll call him Overhaul moving forward because that is his. Uh, that's basically his his villain name. So Twice is leading him to the abandoned factory to meet up with the rest of the League of Villains. Um, and overall, you know, he, he's his his biggest defining characteristic is he's always wearing this plague mask, and he's very much, very much is hates dirt and germs and things like that, which is kind of weird because anytime you see somebody touch him, it looks like his skin starts to bubble up, and it, it's kind of weird. So maybe he has this very, very sensitive skin um, due to you know what his quirk can do. But you know, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, but it's so funny. He talks about getting sick, but twice is like, well, don't worry. Everybody inside is sick. So don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. And, it, um, and almost anytime I see like, cause a lot of overalls, like Yakuza members, they're all wearing masks. And it just reminds me of like the times we're in right now where everybody's wearing a mask. Oh, absolutely. Like, they were, How they, fitting is it? man, they were ahead of the game. Like they were, they, they were knew. ready for this. They knew, they knew. And, um, and of course, um, you know, like we said, uh, overhaul represents. The, this Yakuza group, the uh, Shai Hasasaki, and um, meeting with the League of Villains. So basically what happens here is they're, they they can't really seem to uh, to come to any kind of agreement here. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it seems like, and, I, I mean, uh, Tomura really just doesn't seem like the person that wants to really, like, give any power away to anybody else. It seems like he wants to be, like... He the, doesn't, he, the leader of this, no, this evil like culmination, I guess you could call it. Exactly, and he thinks the yakuza is kind of shit. Which uh, overall is like, yeah, it, it it really isn't the same. It isn't what it used to be, because you know. And of course, they're saying how the yakuza used to be like they used to be like the crown jewel of the underworld and all the villains, and then like then of course the age of heroes happened, and they, the yakuza just they just kind of I don't want to say went extinct, but like they just couldn't operate the same anymore and they were just living under constant surveillance because i mean really the yakuza was just a bunch of normal ass people for the most part um which that's that's actually that mindset is actually pretty important to over uh, to overhaul's pretty much his his plan and the scheme that we're introduced to in this arc um but overhaul actually wants to be you know basically he wants to rule it all he wants to be the one in charge moving forward and of course like you said, Shigaraki does not like the sound of that, um, and so he's he, you know he's there to tell the league that hey I've got a plan, and he wants to know if y'all want to join me. Not he wants he wants them to join him. He's not there to join them. 
So and basically what uh what happens is Togarov to, uh Shigaraki tells him to get the fuck out. And um so we get a little bit of a a brawl here. So Magna, oh, Mama Magna goes to attack Overhaul and we are quickly introduced to how powerful this guy is. Oh yeah, Chris, one of the most jaw-dropping Cody, scenes in the show for sure. Dude, it, it, like that th- this this part right here sets the fucking pace for this season because he just like touches Magna and she just fucking explodes from the waist up. Like that's it. She's gone. And then, um, (laughs) oh yeah. And then, so basically like everybody starts to move in, uh, Shigaraki goes after overhaul. And then like, he has one of his little guys come up in front of him and Shigaraki just quickly melts him to dust. And then, uh, one of these, this big ass fucking dude just comes out of nowhere and it's just like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then like, um, a a shot, um, basically uh, we see a shot fire off and, uh, uh, compress tries to, uh, take out overhaul. But, like, something happens, and all of a sudden, he can't use his quirk. And Overhaul fucking just pretty much explodes, compress his arm. And then, so then it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right, stop, stop, stop. So you've got a man dead. I've got a man dead. Let's go ahead and stop. Let's let's just call this shit. Let's just call it even right now. I owe you guys an arm. We'll come back and talk when uh, once we're, once we've all cooled off a little bit. Yeah, which I thought was really, really cool. They were just—he was just like, "All right, all right, stop, stop, stop." Yeah, you know, before, when it's like before we all kill each kind other, of, <laughs> pretty much. He's like, because I think cause here's the thing: Overhaul is not stupid. Um, because let's be honest, everybody in that room would be dead except for him and Shigaraki, straight up. And oh yeah, they yeah. would probably just end up killing each other. Um, so basically that that's how that's how this uh this meeting pretty much ends is they're like all right you got a man dead i've got a man dead i overhaul's like i owe you guys an arm and we'll see you later so whoo and but uh they're gonna they're, shigaraki wants a little bit more than an arm next time they meet so now we're gonna cut back we are here back to class 1a let's go ahead and get something a little bit um a little bit more positive so we're talking about you know the work study um but uh, apparently a um what are they saying? Some of the work studies have been canceled, but um, the big thing here is Deku's trying to talk to All Might to see if he will introduce him to Night Eye. But there's a there's a there's a, I guess there's a little bit of a past there, Cody. They um they had some kind of falling out, and All Might's like I just can't. Yeah, and we kind of see a little bit more of this throughout. Pretty much every episode, mm-hmm. we see like little brief like flashbacks and stuff of why they had this big falling out. And it, I guess, I, I don't know exactly which episode it comes in at. Um, but mm-hmm. basically, I think it was one of the fights that All Might got in and he got like injured pretty badly. And Night Eye was basically mm-hmm. like, Hey, you need to stop this. Because Night, and I guess I'll, I'll just touch on Night Eye's ability briefly here. Uh, but Night Eye's quirk mm-hmm. is Foresight, which basically allows him to see into the future of, like, a person he touches. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and it's basically like, if you continue your hero work, like, you're going to suffer this, like, gruesome death. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all this stuff where, like, it, it's fate. Like, it's not going to, like, you can't change it, because, like, that's just how his quirk mm-hmm. works. Like, whatever he sees ends up happening, no matter what he tries to do. Yep, and and once when we are fully introduced to the character, he kind of explains it a little bit more. It's almost like he's looking at someone's life, almost like a movie in a sense, 
um, which is really, really cool when he does eventually get introduced to him. Because even though All Might said he cannot introduce him, that doesn't mean he cannot try to arrange an introduction. So what they do is while they're talking, we hear over the loudspeaker, they ask uh, Mirio to come see uh, to see All Might. And basically, he asks Mirio to introduce Deku to Nardai, because that's who... That is who Mirio is actually doing his work study under. Uh, sorry, yeah, his work study. So, yeah, so here we go. We, the meeting has been arranged. And um, at, at, while all that's going on, so and um, the people who are doing um, work studies, you've got Sue and o- Ochaka with um, the Dragoon Hero. You've got Kirishima with Fat Gum. And you've actually got Tokayami, which doesn't come into play really until season five, but he actually gets to do this is the first this season we get the first mention of Hawks. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and then uh <clears throat> also just briefly, while uh Togata and Deku are meeting are talking with All Might, we kinda see like in, in All Might in his head and like it's revealed that he was actually supposed to pass his quirk on to Togata, it seems. Yes, um, yeah, that's then, a big deal. And, like, we'll find out more about this later, but apparently, like, he just bumped into Deku, like, basically on his way to go to UA to, like, pass his quirk on, essentially. Or, like, to meet Mirio yeah. for the first time and, like, get introduced to the guy that everybody's suggesting that he pass his quirk on. So. Yeah, it's kind of funny that that whole incident with the sludge monster was what uh, basically stopped from what stopped what was going to happen from happening. Because he, like you said, he was on his way to 1A to uh, to pass his quirk on, but then that whole incident with the sludge monster ended up running into Deku, um, and then the rest is really history from there. So I thought that was just a really, really cool way to kind of tie that all together, and it definitely makes sense why they would, why he would select Mirio as a successor for All for One and Cody. I could not fucking imagine how dope Mirio would have been, and I would love to see them eventually do an alternate timeline, that alternate story where Mirio does get the all-for-one quirk. I really fucking want to see that. Oh my god, Chris, it'd be unfair, you know? <laughs> I would I would shit my pants. I'd shit your pants. I'd be so excited. <laughs> he just gets to use one for all and teleport through walls and anything else oh, he wants to. man. Detroit smash from the fucking, like, through the ceiling. I can't wait. <laughs> With zero property damage, either. So, really, so, the really big thing that's happening here now is, um, he is um this is kind of a weird scene and probably like this the scene that's coming up here my wife was actually sitting here watching this is that classic meme where it's like whenever you're watching anime by yourself it's always cool but the minute like your spouse or your friends come in it's always like the weird fan servicey shit oh yeah so so we get that we get introduced oh, oh, to I, I know bubble the scene. girl i'll say i know the yeah. scene now <laughs> god damn it we're getting introduced to bubble girl here uh bubble girl who is um Night Eye's sidekick. And basically we, we see them talking and she's reporting to Night Eye about basically the, the, the incident that happened in that abandoned factory that we saw earlier in the episode. Um, so basically he just didn't like the way she, she, the, she presented that information to him. So as it cuts away from them and it comes to Mirio and Deku and well, they enter Night Eye's office, and he has got Bubble Girl fucking t- like 
chained up to this bed and he's got like these little feather ticklers like tickling her on her sides we got some old some old 50 shades of night eye shit going on here yeah and, like... and it's like my wife was like what the fuck are you watching i was <laughs> like i knew this was gonna happen oh yeah it always happens chris <laughs> um yeah and while they're while deku and uh togeda are on their way like he's explaining to deku he's like man you got to make him laugh like that's what yeah, that's like the that's key a big to deal. getting through to him because like Deku's like he knows about Night Eye obviously being like a huge fanboy of like heroes and all this stuff but like mm. he knows he's got like this stern look and Mirio's just like look all you gotta do is make him laugh I hope you're funny and they they walk Which in is on funny this <laughs> Mirio's like a dad joke machine oh yeah gotta be that that's why he's your favorite character Chris <laughs> I think so I think so he's just a dad joke machine I absolutely love it. Um, so basically this, this episode comes to a close with, um, with Deku doing like this real shitty, like all might impression, uh, which to me is kind of funny, but then night eyes like, um, are you making fun of all might? And it's like, Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. And Deku kind of looks around the room and he realizes that night eye is actually like a huge fanboy himself. Like he's got, like Oh yeah. Posters. He's like, Oh, the 10th anniversary poster. I really, really want that. Yeah, so two fanboys, and uh, Night Night Eye is not impressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Night Eye, of course, you know, again, going into the next episode here, Night Eye's like, well, you know, the crow's feet are only 0. 0.6 centimeters, and you you got them like this, and they were like this. And uh, he's just like, Pfft. but uh, Deku, and he tells him to get out of here, but he's like, yo, see, what you don't understand is I'm making fun of his face after the Vinegar River incident where – Basically, this kid was this kid was with a quirk was drowning, and I guess in a panic he used his quirk and turned the river he was drowning into vinegar. So when All Might went to save him, you know it it got into his eyes. So when he was doing the, the interview after saving the kid, he was um, you know he had this weird look on his face from the vinegar being in his eyes. But he made the uh the 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 statement, "You make my skin look ten years younger." You know what I mean? So. It was really cool, and that that kind of got Night Eye's attention. That I was like, okay, well, you uh, you know your shit, then. Like, you know some very specific off the wall things. So, basically, what happens is, so it's getting so Cody. Just if you want to edit this part out, so it's uh like hopefully I won't lose power, but it just got real dark and thundery outside. So just I'll keep you in the loop on that. Oh no, you're good. We're in the middle of a thunderstorm too. Uh, so okay, cool. Perfect. We got we got rain here. So if we go down, we go down. Uh, oh, we're going we're not, down with the well, ship. No, Chris, we don't we don't edit anymore on this podcast. Are you no, fuck that. We don't do that. We just we just go with it. We give everybody the raw the candid cut. That's right. Yeah, it, it was raining when I was driving home. So uh, if it goes down, it goes down, and we'll we'll figure it out after that. But uh, please continue, Indeed. continue until. Yep. So uh, basically, he's so he's actually like, okay, well, you know, you didn't make me laugh, but I'm actually, you know, the, I'm impressed that you know, you know what you know, like you know some very specific shit. So basically, he he's like, well, he goes ahead and wants to present him with a contract, but um, you know, he actually doesn't want to stamp the paper, and he's like, well, you need to tell me why I should stamp, why I should bring you on, like this is this isn't an internship, this is a work study. Why should I bring you on? And he's like, I want you to prove your worth to me. And he's like, you've got three minutes to take this stamp for me. And basically he tells, uh, you know, Bubble Girl and Mirio, uh, they peace out. Um, and Mirio is like, hey, I don't think Deku has a chance against uh, Night Eye's quirk. And this is where we start getting the uh, some of the details of 
Night Eye's uh, foresight ability. And I want to say, like, he basically uses it for, like, he knows what's going to happen, like, what Deku's going to be doing, like, for the next hour or something like that. He can use it to varying degrees. Yeah, and he can only use it once a day. Um, yep. Yeah, he basically uses it here just to dodge all of Deku's attacks. So it's a very useful quirk. Um, unfortunately, he has that restriction, like, once a day. Uh, but unfortunately yep. for our boy Deku, he cannot get this stamp in time. Oh yeah, every everything he does, and like Night Eye's like he's gonna come here, he's gonna be behind me, he's gonna be here, he's gonna, and it's just like no matter what he does. But what was really cool here, like Deku starts going like pretty crazy, like he's all over the place, like trying to like I mean he's making messes of his books, trying to be as random as possible, but it doesn't work. But the big thing here is that once the dust settles and he's like, ah, you know, you failed, don't you know, hit the bricks, but then like he notices. That as random and as over all over the place Deku was, he went out of his way to avoid all of like the All Might merchandise. Like he didn't scuff anything, he didn't rip anything. Like all of the All Might memorabilia was like pristine, which was like that was it. Yeah, it's like oh, you're in. Yeah, we had this fanboy connection. You you didn't hit anything in the office, even though you're bouncing off all the walls and everything. Yeah, and the funny, and it's crazy. Um, so he basically, but then he reveals to Mirio and Bubble Girl that oh, he was always going to take him in. He knows he isn't useless. Um, but you know, he, I don't think he accepts the fact that because Night Eye knows that he's the successor. He's All Might's successor. Um, Night Eye probably, I, I think Night, I get the vibe that Night Eye still thinks that Mirio is the one that should have gotten it. Which I don't, I, I'm okay. I don't disagree with that because I mean, Deku and Mirio are. They're two peas in a pod, which is what, which is lends more to like the powerful scenes later on once the once the fighting really uh, starts. Mm. But but anyway, he gets accepted in, um, and then this is where we see that some of the other students didn't get accepted to where they want to go. Like Ochaku can't do with gun uh, be with Gunhead, Sue can't be with Selkie, um, Ijiro can't uh, sorry Kirishima can't be with Fourth Kind. Um, because the whole idea is they were, they were told they couldn't just go to any hero. They needed like, they needed to do a work study with pro heroes that have like an established, um, like the, the only like top pro heroes can take on work studies. Right. So yeah, they have to have like a, they a, just like a good record of work study, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm not sure how, yeah, like, like how best genus doesn't have like a good record of work studies, but. Well, I mean, he. I don't. I. I don't think, because we haven't seen Best Genus since the thing with uh, with All for One. That's true. Yeah, that's true. And he's probably. I mean, truth be told, I don't think we see him again after that anytime soon. Because I don't think we see him at all in this season nor the next season. Yeah, I was trying to remember. So I was far, like, did he even come back? But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't because uh, I don't even think he's in the. Yeah, same. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think also when they when uh, when everything is said and done and they reveal the new top list of heroes, I don't even know if Best Genus is in the top ten anymore. What a shame! But we'll get we'll, yeah, but we'll get to that when we get there. But um, the big thing here, like I said earlier, one of the big reveals we have here is that um, Tokiyami actually gets an invitation from Hawks. Um, Hawks is a character that's just briefly mentioned, but this guy is a very very important character moving forward so just we'll put a pin in that um because it's actually kind of funny one of the last episodes in season five that was on i guess last week's episode 
show it kind of goes over that what that hero stu- that work study experience was like for Tokoyami, which was really really cool. Um, oh man, Chris, I can't wait for that. I haven't. Oh man, I've been behind because I've been catching up on Hunter Hunter, another anime. Well, I, I say catching up very loosely because this show came out mm-hmm. forever ago, but uh, now I have nothing else in my way of watching new My Hero episodes. So I'll definitely be catching up soon, and I I can't wait to see my boy Tokoyami. Absolutely, it's gonna be really, really cool. And then, uh, we, uh, Kirishima actually, one of the other members of the big three, uh, Ta- uh, Tamaki, wants to talk with uh, Kirishima about doing a work study with Fat Gum. And I'll tell you what, Cody, I cannot wait till we get to the fucking Fat Gum stuff in this season. Holy shit, I love that character. Oh yeah, yeah, you gotta love Fat Gum. <laughs> yep. And then, um, and then, um. Yes. Of a hot Hado, the other the other member of the big three wants to get with Sue and Ochako, and they go work with their hero, which is a, I cannot remember her name. Uh, she's like the dragoon hero. That's what I remember. Yeah, I let me see if I can pull up her name while you, while you continue. I, I I believe she is she is called the dragoon hero. We're not just yeah uh, yeah I forget Ryoko, her name and we... Ryoko Tatsuma. Okay, Ryoko Tatsuma. Okay, cool. She's really, really cool, and she comes into play a little bit later. So, Cody, we cut to the next day, um, and the work study begins. We got um, we got Deku and or we got Deku and Lemillion in their costumes. They're patrolling the streets. Um, this is where we actually get to see uh, Mirio's costume the first time, um, where he talks about his name. Uh, he, his name is Lemillion. He wants to save a million people. That's the name that, that, you know, short, sweet and to the point. And I, I actually like his costume a lot. It's very, very simple, very classic, you know, golden age superhero type costume. Yeah, very, very, it really reminds me of All Might. I mean, he always, he obviously looks very similar to All Might with like the blonde hair. And then mm-hmm. his costume just, it just, it just says All Might in my opinion. Yep. And also keep in mind, I forgot to mention this because we're coming up to a part here. Almost every episode in this season has an after credit scene. Um, the, the after credit scene, um, for the episode going into this one was you see this, this part, this point of view of someone running through an alleyway and they bump into Deku. Well, now we're at that scene where we see who that is. And it's a young girl who is frightened. She's covered in bandages. She's wearing what appears to be a hospital gown. She's a young child and, uh, frightened. She runs right into Deku. And of course, Deku being very much like, oh, are you okay? You took a little bit of a tumble there. What's going on? And uh, you hear a voice come from the alleyway basically saying, oh, she's so clumsy. Sorry about that. Hey, Ari, we don't want to bother the heroes. And he comes out into the light, and it's our man fucking Overhaul. And didn't take long to to see him. (laughs) Dude, this is such a... a, Okay. I I can't say enough of how powerful this scene is, because we see, like, because he's telling her, it's like, you know, he's like, hey, you know, she's clumsy. That's why she's hurt. And Deku's like starts to pry a little bit. Like, I mean, how, what kind of, what, how clumsy is she if her arms and legs are bandaged up? And like, Mirio like quickly puts his mask, like he, he flips Deku's mask over his head. And he's like really trying to be like, like, hey, you know, like they, they both know something's up. That's the big thing here. Deku and Mirio both know something's not right, but they don't really want to like, they don't really want to get into it. And um, Overhaul's like, look, okay, okay, guys, look, I get it. You got me. 
let me explain it, but I don't want everybody to overhear. Come into the alley with us. So he's talking as they're as you know as they're walking, explaining what's going on. Kind of just you know really long into this, but you know she's my daughter. Da 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 da. And you see him start to take one of his gloves off, and that's when Ari finally lets go of Deku, and she's and she runs back to him, and she's like, "Oh, Ari, are you done with your tantrum now?" And I don't know. There was just something really, really, really powerful there. Um, yeah, you like can... just a very, very tense scene too. Oh yeah, super tense. And uh, I, I just find it so awkward that like they meet like this 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 big bad villain uh, that they've been on the lookout for and all this stuff. And they're like, he's like, yeah, come into this alley. I don't want people to overhear us. And I'm like, nope, no, don't go there. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a good idea, guys. And they just walk walk right along and follow him but uh yeah like he said once he mm-hmm. once he goes to slip that glove off Aries like I I, want, I don't remember if Deku's holding her or if he's like holding her hand oh yeah he's like holding her like he's holding her and she's like she's gripping onto him because like when he the big thing here was like when he when Overhaul was like I had Ari time to go she like grips Deku harder and she's like please don't go like okay and again it goes back Cody like this, there's clearly a crazy abusive relationship happening here. There's something like she's clearly being abused for some reason. We don't know what that reason is yet. And like Mirio and like Mirio's kind of taking the he he wants it to he's like we don't we don't want to arouse any suspicion that we know what's up because they they recognize him from the files on Night Eye's desk like they they, they, it's not that they don't know who this guy is. The problem is they fucking know who this guy is. Right. And they need to find out. They need to investigate him, find out where they're at and what's going on. So they can't, like, be suspicious. They can't show that they're suspicious of this guy's activities. Otherwise, they'll never fucking find him again. And that's the big thing. They don't want him to, like, go into hiding if they make him aware of act, what they're actually doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like Deku wants to behind and help Ari, um and Togata's kind of thinking about the future like you know we're we're all by ourselves pretty much we gotta there's a, there's a time and place where we can we can help out and this this doesn't seem like the smartest move it seems absolutely and then from there um you know you've got night eye and bubble girl um they're watching the uh the she has uh hasakai she hasakai Shie Hasakai, like watching their uh, their hideout. Um, and that's when they get a call from Mirio saying, hey, we've made contact with the leader. We've made contact with Overhaul. And once he gets back to his out, his, uh, his hideout, he basically just kills Ares' caretaker for letting her get away. Just fucking splat right on the fucking wall. Yeah, yeah, wasting no time. <laughs> and we, we kind of get a little bit of idea. He's just... He's just so frustrated that pretty much everyone out there is just so fucking sick and just diseased with this hero syndrome. Um, but basically, and then going back to the heroes, they, they call this conference. Um, and pretty much the students that are doing work. No, not yet. Sorry. The, that does not happen yet because we have a bit of a, uh, we we have to do the, the, the thing with fat gum. That happens first before we this conference is called. Yeah, you're getting, um, getting a little bit ahead of yourself there, Chris. A little bit, but like this, this, this season's so fucking good, it starts taking on like this, this crazy. It, it reminds me of like almost the way the movie was kind of done because you start getting like timers and countdowns and all kinds of shit. Um, 
But what's the takeaway from this part is, is that like Mirio and Deku knew something was up and they, they let Aerie just go back with this guy to likely continue to face this abuse some more. Um, yeah, and we'll see how that kind of beats up on him as we move forward. Um, yeah, and basically we see Overhaul, before he cuts back to the heroes, we do see that Overhaul basically just tells Aerie that, like, you know, hey, don't run away again. Like, you're the most important part of my operation. Um, and that's when he gets a phone call from Shigaraki from the League of Villains. Yeah, I guess it's time for them to have another meeting, right, Chris? <laughs> exactly. I guess cooler heads have prevailed and they're ready to uh, have a meeting. But this is where we get some more information about um, uh, about All Might and Night Eyes Past, where they had that falling out. Like you said, that uh, he, he you know, All Might didn't want Night Eye to use foresight on him, but he did it anyway because he was so worried about his friend, like not just his 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 hero companion, like his fucking friend, you know? Yeah. Yep, and then uh, I don't know if it's revealed here. I believe it's revealed here that uh, yeah, I think Nida reveals that Miria was actually supposed to be All Might's successor. Yes, that might be. I think they return Izuku returns to class for like a day, mm -hmm. and then when he goes back to his and he, work he's study. so beat up and depressed over the whole thing with Aerie for sure. Yeah, it's definitely left like a sour taste in his mouth. Um, mm -hmm. He definitely wants to help this girl out, and uh, yeah, so he, he finds out through Nida that. Mirio was originally supposed to be like the successor of One for All, and so he he basically because yeah, like, it was actually Principal Dezu that recommended it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and because so, and it, it's not because Mirio had the best grades because he he wasn't really an exceptional student. He was just like he was the kind of person you want to be the symbol of peace. Again, him and Deku are very very similar. Uh, but the one thing I think the one thing that makes Mirio stand out is he's always looking for the humor in the situation. He's always looking for the positive. He doesn't dwell on negative things, which is which is, you know, that's important because we see him actually do that here when it relates to how he um, to how we just let Eric go. Um, which again is a huge part of the the, the fight with uh, overhaul. Um, but yeah, so like he was like the perfect candidate. You know, he's again not the best in school. You don't need it's not the grades you make, Cody. It's the hands you shake is That's what right. I'm getting at there. <laughs> Absolutely, and uh, basically Deku just wants answers from All Might, and so yeah, and uh, he catches him on a jog, which that seems to be quite the chore for All Might these days. Yeah, because old scrawny Might's out here, and uh... yes, he is with his one with his one A tracksuit on. Yeah, and Deku basically just says, hey, spill the beans, pretty much. and Because uh, mm -hmm. he, he, he knows something's up, and he wants to know, like, he's like, basically, if I'm going to be, well, he already is uh, one for all's successor, or all for, wait. Yeah, all for, one for all, one for all. One for all. <laughs> he's like, if we I... got Sasaki's and one for all's and all for ones and Kai Chisaki's. We sound like we're singing the facts of life. It's crazy. That's right, but he's like, I, I'm the successor of One for All, and you can't keep secrets from me. Like, mm -hmm. and like, and that that sounds a little more sinister than it comes off, but like he means it in a good way. He's like, you got to tell me everything, you know. I got to be. Yeah, I want to be the best. I want to be the symbol of peace. Don't, don't, don't hide information from me. Absolutely, man. Right, and then this is where All Might kind of just begins his story about like what happened between him and Night Eye. 
Yep. And basically that, um, you know, the fact that, you know, foresight has not been wrong and All Might's just accepted the fate that he's going to die. Um, but the something that comes out of this is that, like, usually the further out that death is, the more, like, fuzzy it is. Yeah. That it's, um, it's not nearly as clear, but it's still like he's never been wrong. Mm-hmm. And he actually thought that it was going to happen during his fight with All for One. He thought that was going to be it. Yeah, and as soon as I heard the fact that like foresight has never been wrong, mm-hmm. I mean, as a as an avid like television show watcher, I immediately go, "Oh, well, it's never been proven wrong until which until now, <laughs> especially when we're talking about the most important characters in the show." Because <laughs> while I can see All Might dying when it's all said and done, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah, and it just seems like. They're going to be able to fight this fate at some point. Um, I, I, anytime, it just seems like it's some some major foreshadowing that ah they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get away safely hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely, and then uh, that episode comes to a close with uh, with um, Shigaraki having his little sit down meeting with uh, with Overhaul, and he's putting his feet on the table. He just doesn't give a fuck, dude. Shigaraki is just like Rick James, fuck your couch, fuck your coffee table. And you know they they kind of have their little meeting of the minds here. Um, pardon me, but that's that's where that episode ends. It goes to the next episode where we're actually having a we're introduced to a um frop to a froppy and a Araka or Araka Ochako. Where these names get to my my gringo accent and all these uh, all these seltzers are really getting to me. But um they're they're actually out doing some hero work, um, which is really cool to kind of see them in action. Uh. Ryuku is the number. She's actually in the top ten. Um, and um, basically, when they're done solving their mission, she's like, "Hey, um, you know, we may actually need you guys for a um, for an investigation that uh, is being headed up by Night Eye." Um, and then this, then it cuts back to um, Shigaraki talking with the um, with the uh, Shai Hasakai. We could we could just say the yakuza. Well, I'm gonna say the yakuza, and you know what? The, what sucks is every time they said it on TV, I would say it over and over again. Like, oh yeah, Chris, I have it written down. And it's Shie Hasakai. Like Shie Hasakai. Hasakai. And I still can't say. Yeah, fuck that. It's like it's just it just does it's not gonna happen so we're just gonna say yeah, yakuza, I, I think yeah we're gonna say the yakuza we're, we're, we're gonna let the gringo the gringo side of us settle <laughs> so basically they're there you know he um they they kind of come to a little agreement here um chigaraki's not really like he's like we're not we don't want to be under you guys we just really want to know what your plan is um but it's so funny like so he reaches into his pocket. And he is just straight up like gatted up to the back of the head by a uh, chrono, and they're just like, "Like, what are you doing?" Yeah, what the fuck are you doing, reaching in your pockets? You got a gun in there, and I want to say he pulls out the bullet, right? Yes, right, not the yeah, bullet. They're he... like, "Oh yeah, it, no, it was a bullet. It was the bullet that was left from the um from when from the yeah." Yeah. yeah, and basically he kind of goes on and says, "Hey, look, man, you know, one you one of your guys died and one of my guys died, but one of your random goons does not equal one of my top people." So, you know, you guys kind of owe us some. Uh, you guys owe us, and also you took one of my other guys' arms. So, you know, you kind of owe us, really. Um, 
And that's when he pulls out the bullet and um, he's like, I'm pretty sure your plan has a lot to do with what I have right here. But then from there, Cody, we actually get to meet. Uh, this is where we get our introduced to our, our old pal Fat Gum. Uh, I, I want to. I don't know if he's a top ten hero, but I know he's um, one of the top heroes here. And basically, they're out. They're out patrolling. Uh, he's out patrolling with Sun Eater and Kirishima um, oh, under his hero name Red Riot. Yeah, if he's not a top ten, I don't know what is. Um, dude, I'm telling you, dude. First of all, Fat Gum's voice actor is a is a well well renowned voice actor. Um, as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, that's Kamina from Gurren Lagann, which, if, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen Gurren Lagann, it's like one, one of the, 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 some of the best quotes ever come from Kamina in that show. And then, like, as I did some research on him, it's actually Kyle Herbert, who, he's actually like the, he's Gohan in Dragon Ball Z. Yep. I mean, he's just, any. Yeah, he's, he's a household name at this point. Oh, a household name, Chris. I've actually contacted him about doing a, an intro for our show. Um, oh, that's so sick. So we'll have to see about that somewhere down the ro- down the road. I've, I've messaged him on Twitter, and he seems like he's about it. So, dude, I'm all I'm also about it. That'd be really <laughs> awesome. Uh, but but That'd yeah, really, really awesome. But yeah, Fatcom is a, a top ten in my book, at least. Absolutely, and of course, so of course, Ijiro is just happy to be there. Kirishima, he's like, oh man, yo, I'm out here patrolling with like big three and and big guy. You know what I mean? Right, he's like. He's like Razor Ramon, the big main and the medium-sized main. You know what I mean? <laughs> He's just out there ready to play. And um, so, of course, um, you know, we get to see Sun Eater in action. We get to see his uh, his crazy power, which is um, uh, manifest. It basically allows him to manifest characteristics of the food he eats, which I think is really, really cool. So he's just like, I'm going to suck down this shellfish and all of a sudden like clams and octopus tentacles and fucking chicken feet start coming out of everywhere. This dude, this dude's got some goofy shit happening. Oh yeah. he It's a cool quirk too. Cause like he, he eats some fried chicken, I think. And like, he's got wings and he's got like claw feet and you know, yeah, dude. it's like bird limitless, is the limitless, bird. Yeah. I, yeah, but but hold on, Cody. Throwing back chicken nuggets and growing wings, Chris. Oh, dude, chick, chicky nuggies for days. He's like Napoleon Dynamite with like tots in his pocket, <laughs> but he's got like the fucking Kevlar vest with all these pockets, just full of snacks, dude. Oh, homeboy, dude. This is why I like Sun Eater. Sun Eater is always equipped with the snacks. But uh, but hold on, Cody. Things are not all that um. Uh, are not all as they seem because out of the crowd we see a um and there's another criminal in this group that they stop that uh, actually shoots him with one of those bullets that's one of those same bullets that we saw hit compress earlier so he tries to use his quirk to catch it but like you just see like the, like just a little bit of tentacles comes out of his fingers and he's just like uh whatever so he tries to shoot him again but like uh, Kirishima gets in there and hardens his skin, and you get this really cool scene of like the bullet like bouncing off of his uh off of his head. I thought that was really fucking cool. And um, so what does Kirishima do? Oh, he fucking puts feet to the ground and starts chasing this motherfucker down. Um. So and then of course the villain has uh he has a quirk. He has these little small blades on his arm, but of course Kirishima's like, dude, what are you doing? You can't do this. And he uses uh one of his moves, the red counter. Which uh, he he breaks the uh, blades and then just mollywops the guy, and he actually goes. You know, Kirishima actually being the nice guy that he is goes to check on the villain, but realizes that uh the criminal has a uh, he has this kind of an, he you know, gives himself the old shot in the neck, and all of a sudden his quirk 
is through the fucking roof. Like, he's, like, roided up. Oh, yeah, he's got these blades coming out. All different angles. Everywhere. And, uh... Yeah, and it's almost like he's gone, like, crazy, too. Like, he's just straight gone Roid Rage style on yeah. this. And, uh... That's exactly what I thought of it, was Roid Rage. Yeah. Man. Careful, he's gonna hang himself on his Bowflex next. Oh, too Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> if anybody gets that joke, we're sorry. Uh, very. <laughs> but, uh... But what what's crazy here is, like, Kirishima's, like, he's against the ropes, but we see him kind of go beyond himself, plus Ultra... And he goes, he do, he becomes red, right? He uses red riot unbreakable and he just looks so fucking cool. Oh, like yeah. he's a lot sharper and like edgier, bigger mouth, bigger teeth. Just this dude is all fucking show and all go. I love it. And just c- completely makes quick work of this motherfucker. Yeah. Breaks through his blades. Pretty sure it hits him mm-hmm. with a good punch to the face and uh, sa- saves the innocent people that are around because yep. that, that's what he's most concerned about. And it, it really, it's just a cool episode with a lot of character development for Kirishima. Like somebody that we don't, it kind of gets, you know, it, it, we usually don't get to see a whole lot of him. Um, mm-hmm. We also get like a brief like flashback scene, which we'll touch on in a later. Dude, this episode. is so great. We yeah, we get to see kind of the origins of Red Riot. I, lo- I love origin episodes in this show. Or, like, yeah. origin scenes where, like, we get, because, like, okay, so you watch Cobra Kai, right? Oh, yeah. Or- he <laughs> reminds me, like, when he goes from the black hair to the red hair, it's like, oh, this is fucking Hawk. Yep, yep, very very similar, and, uh, but we'll, we'll touch on the, the origin episode here in a little bit. We, we just get a brief, yeah. a brief little glimpse of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that happens in the next episode, but basically he get he gets the criminal down, beats him up with the red gauntlet. The, the the roid rage ends, his red white riot unbreakable starts to wind down, and a, a villain catches a third wind and gets away, but he runs right into the old fucking stomach of fat gum here. And basically just 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 kind of sucks him in and is just like, okay, well, it's good. He's like, the best way to um the best way a hero can win against villains is just by making them lose their will to fight back. But what's what's really cool here is like they give they give Kirishima like a hero's ovation. Like Fat Gum is impressed. The citizens that were there, and that's when he's like, "Man, I did good today." But like he starts being reminded of this is when you get that flashback scene. You were talking about how how much he was a coward when he was younger. Um, but Fat Gum, obviously, they find the bullet, um, and there's there's a lot of concern happening here. And of course, you know everyone's really excited except for fucking. So what I like about this season, Cody, is that like two of the big stars of this show, Todoroki and Bakugo, take the farthest fucking back seat. They're in like the big like church van, and they're in the back row. Like oh, yeah. they don't even have seatbelts. Like seatbelts, they, they 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 can't get them back there. Yeah, and I want to say, aren't they? Are they retaking the like the practical exam or whatever? Yeah, it was? yeah, yeah. They're they're retaking their uh their their um yeah their provisional license exam. Okay, yeah, yeah, but they definitely like they're you said. They're having to go and study. Yeah, they're doing that off screen because our boy Kirishima and Tamaki and all, all these guys are taking the taking the center stage. What I really like is there's an early. It's already happened, but like while they're talking, they're they're everyone's like super excited about their work studies, and all Todoroki Todoroki saying is like, "Man, we've got to catch up." And Baka goes like, "Shut up!" <laughs> and every time the students talk, he's like, "Man, we've just got to catch up." And Baka goes like, "Will you shut the fuck up?" And he says it one more time. And he's like, "Shut up!" 
It was, I thought that was pretty funny. And, and uh, what's really cool is even the even the classmates are like, dude, Kirishima, you're all over the news, dude. You fucking, you know, and then it's like, well, Sue and uh, Ochako, you guys are in the news too. Hey, everybody's happy except for like fucking Bakugo's just like sinking like slowly in his chair. Yeah, he, he's definitely pissed off. He is. He wants to be out there, you know, causing the ruckus, and instead he's got to study for the same test that he just failed. Yep, and even while all that's going on, Deku is still... Like, he's still inside his own head over this airy stuff, man. Like, he is not in a um, not in a good way, which kind of takes us into the um, into the next episode, where the, the episode begins with every, the students going to their work study, but it's like, oh, hey, don't you normally go that way? Oh, but yeah, we're going this way today. Oh, so are we. Oh, well, so are we. So, <coughs> excuse me. So we find out that they all have to meet up. Uh, well, then they all meet up with the big three, and they're at Night Eye's building, and they're like, oh, shit. I guess this is where we're all going to be today. Well, apparently there's this this uh this press co- not this press conference but this meeting going on. There's a um basically we they're all discussing the uh the Shie Hasaki. I did it. There I it is. Did it. <laughs> the Shie Hasaki. Hasasaki. Oh, oh, you lost it. It's over. I did. I did it once. The Yakuza. <laughs> the Yakuza. I'm always going to try at least one more time. Um, and of course they start kind of going over everything that they know, start, uh, starting from the, uh, from the reservoir dogs incident at the end of season three and their fight against the league of villains. Um, and then that's when you, you know, everyone's saying, you know, you see the Gran Torino is part of the investigation. Um, and then you meet another hero named rock lock. Um, and he's just like, why, why are all the you know, rock lock kind of comes across as very, uh, very standoffish. He's just like, why are these fucking kids here, dude? Like, what do what can they bring to the table like this is some serious stuff and you eventually see why rock lock is like that but he's just like this is all business we don't have time to babysit right but uh but fat gum and everybody's like they, the the people who are doing work studies actually stand up for their trainees are like you know these these kids are legit and they're directly involved in what's going on and they talk about well you know he was shot with one of these bullets um Ari and deku were you know they made contact with uh with overhaul and you know, there's a, there's a girl involved and this is where they they you know they start getting some information on these bullets that they're actually the 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 the, the breakdown of the I guess the chemicals that are in the bullets are made from human blood and DNA and Deku and Mirio put together very quickly that that's what Overhaul is doing to Airy he you know because they know they they know that Overhaul his quirk his quirk can break down and reassemble matter so they start to think that he's breaking down Aerie's body to make these bullets and then kind of putting her back together when he's done with her. Which, that's gotta be, like, that's gotta be shitty, right? Like, let me just explode your arm, put it back together when I'm done with it, that kind of thing, you know? Yeah, they, they are both taking this very hard. Uh, which, obviously, it's like yeah. a horrible thing to happen to this, to this little girl. Yep. And even Rocklock says, "Well, I mean, well, why the hell they let this girl go then?" And that really gets Mirio and and uh, Deku like they're they stand up and they're just like, "We next time we are protecting her and we are not letting her go." Like they they're just you know. So they have the meeting and they're 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 figuring out their plan and what they're going to do. They what they need to do is find the location. They need to know where this girl is, but they also need to make sure they have evidence that this is what's going on before they can just invade the, uh, the Yakuza compound, right? Like they got to have, there's still red tape. They got to have warrants. They got to have all the shit they need. Right. Um, 
but I'll, um yeah and they basically so it's like well, no go ahead they basically like they map out where all their potential hideouts are and they kind of mm-hmm. basically get the idea that they're going to kind of divvy up and everybody's going to check and look for like you know drug traffic there or like things coming and going like you know whether that be packages any any suspicious activity they're checking out all of the the yakuza like hideouts yep um, well, and then they even say, well, not, well, night eye, why can't you just use your, can't you use your foresight to get information? He, he's like, he doesn't want to because he doesn't want to potentially see somebody he cares about dying or view anybody's death, which a little bit of foreshadowing there, Cody. Yeah, a little bit. And I want to say he states that he only uses his foresight quirk when like the chances of success are at their highest. Yes, um, absolutely. Which... You know, we'll see what happens here in these next few episodes. Yep, and then one of the things, too, is, uh, you know, you do see a nice little moment here with Night Eye and Gran Torino talking about Deku, and, like, Night Eye's even, like, you know, he, he, he he's got the goods. I mean, he does remind me a lot of All Might, so so you you are starting. I mean, it's not that Night Eye was never high on Deku, but now he's starting to see why All Might did what he did. And how this is kind of a bridge for those two to kind of start talking again. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then we uh, then we flash over to our, like the regular old gang. It's like Izuku, Ochako, and like all of the class one A classmates with mm-hmm. the big three, and they're kind of just filling them in on like what happened when they ran into uh, Chisaki and uh, basically uh, Aizawa. He comes over and he's basically like, hey. I'm I'm working with you guys on this as well. Um, and I want to say, he says something along the lines like, if the League of Villains shows up, you guys are out. Like, yeah. you, guys, you guys can help out with when it comes to the Yakuza, but if the League shows up, I, I'm pulling the plug on this one. Yeah, you're, you're, you're in too deep with them. We're going to get you out of there. And it, it, I like it was really cool how he was like, you know, Deku, I really can't say I trust you yet. He's like, because if I tell you not to do this, you're just going to go off and do it anyway. So... I'm behind you 100%. And I thought that was really, really cool to see because even Aizawa was like coming around that like, hey, this kid's, this kid's got it. This kid's got the goods too, which I really, really liked. And this, and then this episode kind of ends, Cody, with uh, with a really sad scene with Ari. She's like in her room. She's got all these toys. And I guess some random thug comes in her room. He's like, hey, you know, what's up with them? You know, I got you all these toys. Why don't you want to play with them? You know, we want you to be happy. I'll tell you what. Let me go get you know, just really trying to do everything he can to cheer her up. Which clearly, this guy is the, this guy's replacing the guy that is now just brain matter on the side of the wall. You know <laughs> what I mean? And yeah, uh, absolutely. the big thing with Aerie is like she just, she, she's just laying there in bed. And she's just thinking about how like Deku was different. Like when he was holding her, there was something warm and calming and like kind. She's like, I guess her whole life she's just been. She's just been suffering and just being stuck here behind these doors and just watching the Yakuza and Overhaul do their thing that she's never she's never had somebody genuinely be kind to her. Yeah, which which Cody. No, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> I think we're, we're we're getting like it really hypes up the the emotions of these last few episodes. Dude, it does because um, you know, the, these next few episodes, like the build up here to them going to the yakuza. Because what happens is we've got Deku sitting there trying to eat some lunch. He still can't get out of his own head. Um, and like you've got Tenya, you've got 
um, Todoroki, even though Mineta, they're all just sitting there eating, and Deku just like just starts sobbing, and Tenya hits him with the old, the old boy, and he hits him with the the same line that he hit Tenya with in season two. The hey man, if you need to talk, I'm here. We're friends, right? And that was enough to make Deku just kind of go over the top and just you know, really just I I don't know, like there was this kind of relief moment, like this. I don't know, like he's still upset about Aerie, but he realizes he's not alone in this. He does have his friends, and of course, you know, he he just shoves down all his food and. Todoroki's like, well, do you want some of this? And everybody starts offering some of his food, which is really, really cool that, you know, I I think we needed this scene because, like, you, we got away a little bit from the camaraderie that the Class 1A students have had in this season. It was really nice to kind of bring that thing with him and Tenya full circle because clearly this is the first time we've really seen Deku upset about something that did not concern, like, him and All Might right like this is the first time there's something that he's been up this is like his first thing that he's really been a part of that you know this is the first time he's had his chance to save somebody and he didn't yeah so it's definitely like eating at him um Mm -hmm. and then eventually we get to we flash over to a scene with night eye where he's like Mm -hmm. he's like at a like a toy like a toy shop basically toy store yeah yeah and of course you got one of Chisaki's goons comes in and he's looking for some like glitter squad dolls or something. No, the old fucking magical girl squad, teen girl squad. That's right. Night Eye uses his quirk, basically finds out that these toys are going to Aerie. Mm-hmm. And so he figures out we got the, it's at the headquarters. Of course, it can't be any, any of the small bases, Chris. It's got to be at the Yakuza headquarters. And oh, of course, the, the, the fucking, the fucking district, <laughs> district headquarters. That's right. So they get the, they get the police. We got, you know, they got all, all of our heroes that are, all the agencies that are working together, and, uh, yeah, we're basically, we are, uh, we're, we're going in head first to the, the Yakuza. We are, and then once we get the news that, like, hey, look, we've got a time frame, we know, we know when they're there, let's get this warrant, let's fucking get out there, so when they realize that the missions get ready to happen, Mirio, like, turns that frown upside down, dude, he is, he's like, you know, fucking let's go. You know, he's getting real, real excited about it. Almost like making a scene. Um, so I thought this was really, really cool. Um, and even Night Eye, like, looking over at Mirio, just sees, like, you know, Mirio's, again, another one who is really good at, like, keeping the positive face on And Night Eye's like, man, he's really suffered a lot over this, this airy thing, just the way Deku has. Because, like, they they had she was right there they had the chance and this has been a couple days at this point like they could have they could have potentially nipped what everything that's getting ready to happen in the bud like out of before anything happened because i highly doubt overhaul would have probably just gone batshit crazy right there in the middle of the street during the middle of the day so they could have easily taken airy and just run yeah i don't i don't know overhaul's a he's definitely like a, a threatening person so i don't know but uh but then we get the old fucking. Here's the timer, dude. 8 a.m. sharp in front of the police station. We are we are squatted up. We've got the task force. We've got the coppers. They're they're going in, man. They, they're reading off the. Here's the warrant. This is what we're doing. We've got the crown. We're gonna save the town and Mr. Krabs. That's and then of course they talk about like there's a secret complex. It's an underground facility. We've got this. We got to find our way to get down there. And, whoo, boy, oh boy. So 
then of course we cut back over to the uh, the Yakuza headquarters, and they uh, hey look, everyone knows something's getting ready to happen. Um, and then we actually see Overhaul. He um he he meets with uh he call who he calls Pops, which and he's he apologizes for things getting ready to get noisy, which we'll find out who that guy is a little bit later. Um, and then boom, we get the next time. Now it's eight thirty. Um, you know we're commencing the operation. They're uh they pre- so they can't do anything until they read the warrant to uh to uh you know I guess pretty pretty much read them their Miranda rights the the warrant everything so they can get in there. Um, and then one of the uh, one of the police officers goes to press that intercom and then was that oh yeah so big, we've big got boy. our uh, we got big boy we've got um. Oh boy, we have got the it, we're we're just getting we're just fucking getting right to it. The Yakuza are out. We got the the big guy that was there earlier um comes busting through the gate. Um and then of course um Rocklock starts to think it's like hey man, did uh, maybe maybe they anticipated our arrival, maybe they know that we're here. And then of course Oh, uh, Ryuku turns into her dragon form and she starts going toe to toe with this big motherfucker because they're uh, we got our first scrap dude. They're over there, they're fighting, and of course, uh, uh, Hoda, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Hado, Hado, Sue, and um, Ochako are out there helping out Ryuku. And then, well, the rest of the team, we're gonna go ahead and storm the hideout and overhaul Chronos. They're the now we're we're introduced to the uh, the eight bullets of the Shie Hasakai. I can't say it. say it. Say it again for me, Cody. Shie Hasakai. The Shie Hasakai. The eight bullets of the Shie Hasakai. Yeah. And uh, of course, Cody, like we said at the top of this thing, you can't have an anime without a group of villains with a number attached to them. Oh, you, you absolutely cannot. Whether it's the you know, Oration Sace from Fairy Tale, you know, you just gotta have. You gotta put a number mm-hmm. on it. And um, yeah, basically, even go as lame as the seven deadly sins and the oh. the six whoever the whoever those forgettable fuckers were. <laughs> yeah, but uh, basically, this is where our, our our team starts to separate into some smaller teams. So, like you said, we got Neji Ray, Ochako, Sue, and Big Dragon Lady fighting Big Dumb Guy, um, mm-hmm. which is his actual name. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we get. Big big dumb guy we get the classic like scene that you see when you click on like at least it used to be like the background whenever i would click on hulu it always show uh oh mirio and deku running yeah dude every that, time that's actually my that's actually my phone screen really because <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember it like on hulu before i'd even seen the season i was like oh clearly this is gonna happen uh, mm-hmm. but uh but yeah they they run in and then we meet uh i'm gonna say his name is Hiranaka, I think is his name. Uh huh. Yeah. He's like he's like the mimic guy that can like move the walls yep, around. Yeah, I, I want to say they they refer to him as mimic. Yeah. Like, um, uh, right off the bat, and yeah, that or that basically, just he just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they basically he just kind of fucks everything up right there. He just like he starts changing the properties and the shapes of the hallways, blocking off doors. But it's okay because. Uh, Kirishima and Deku are just breaking down the wall. Then they're then they're stopped again, and then like they're merging the walls. Like he is mimic is not making this easy. Yeah, he basically separates the heroes from the cops, which I mean 
the cops. Big deal. I, I don't even know why the cops are there, to be honest. Like, yeah, that's a big, that's a big no-no. They should have stayed outside. When the first time, like that big fucker, like burst through the gate, at you know what, really not equipped to handle this. <laughs> yeah, send, send the guys with the capes and the powers in. I'll, I'll sit out here. Yeah, I'll, I'll wait when you bring them out, and we'll cuff them here, and then. Uh... Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Bake them away, toys. I'll be out here. You guys get this. But yeah, so like, I'm, not, I'm not fucking Bruce Willis. I can't do this. <laughs> Yeah, so he kind of divvies them up, and uh, eventually. However, though, none oh. of these, uh, none of those walls they put up there is one person that those walls do not stop in the fucking slightest, and that is my man Mirio. He's just like, whoop, right through the wall, whoop, right through the next one, and he is just, he's just off. He's gone. Mirio, Mirio has got one person in mind that he is after, and he's on the fucking way. Yeah, and while he, he so he heads off after Aerie, and basically mm-hmm. the rest of our. Our current squad, they meet up with three of the, the eight. Three of the eight bullets, yeah. Three of the eight bullets. And uh, this is where Tamaki kind of, he's like, hey, you know what? I got this. He kind of, he kind of, he, he's, we we see some, some flashbacks in the, his backstory uh, a little mm-hmm. bit here and into the next episode. But basically it's like, this is his, he wants to shine like Mirio does. Because like he's always doing like as much as he can to save whoever he can and uh, yep and they've been friends since they were children like that's kind of a big deal there yeah it's kind of like a it, it's like a deku bakugo story except bakugo is not a piece of shit so <laughs> yes it's a lot more enjoyable and relatable mm-hmm. and uh yeah basically we get to see just a little bit of his backstory as while he's fighting these three goons um and he he's like hey i, I i'll take these three you guys yep. go on cool. save your powers well, because even right off the bat, like they're there, and like a racer head just like boop, just gets rid of their quirks like immediately, and uh, he ties them up. And even like they, they're all getting ready to leave, and like they're like, "Is he okay by himself?" And like Fat Gum's like, "Dude, this is the strongest. This dude's actually the strongest guy in this group." So uh, I think he's good. Yeah, it seemed like Kirishima's kind of like questioning him, but mm-hmm. you know, Fat Gum really reassures him. They're like, "Hey, no, he's he's gonna be yeah, fine." He's good. Yeah, and Don't I think it's just I think it's just because of the way that Tom McKee like presents himself, he's always like the shy, kind of like awkward dude. Yep. Well, but then Cody, no sooner than everybody leaves him on his own, he um he go Tom McKee, he tries to go one of the guys uh is kind of jawing off at the mouth and uh he goes to like knock him out, but he's his his one of his tentacles gets cut. And then he uh since Eraserhead's gone. He starts to man like one of these guys starts to get a bunch of crystals like around his body, um, but then he so he goes to make like a clamshell, but then one of the other guys actually steals it, and then like so these three actually work very well together. They all their quirks complement each other, and um, what I really did like here is um you did get a little bit of a flashback with these three how they were pretty much considered trash by people, but Overhaul was like, nah, you, you guys have a spot with me. Come on. So, you know, Tamaki realizes that, like, hey, these guys are super fucking loyal. Not out of some, like, he's like, they're not afraid of him. That's not why they're loyal. But, like, Overhaul treats them like people. You know what I mean? Like, treats them like normal humans, essentially. Yeah, it's very similar to, like, how All for One and uh, Shigaraki met. Like, it it reminds me a lot of that. Like, just the way that, like, Mm -hmm. he took him in. And, like, you know, they're kind of put out by society. and. They they just need somewhere to go and you know the acute or Chisuki is the the one that uh, came across them. Yep, 
And uh, well, and Tomiki actually uses a uh, what I love. This is the, the fucking the wild move that he has. The old fucking the vast hybrid chimera kraken, where he's got like fucking tentacles and chicken feet, dude. He just fucking puts it all together. The, he just just the whole goddamn stew he puts together. And uh, so he's able to, to to beat the other two, dude, but then like the third one wakes up, and uh, apparently this third guy is a hungry boy. This boy is hungry. And uh, he just starts to eat fucking Tamaki's tentacles. He, he has a, um, basically his jaws can like to eat anything and his stomach can digest it instantly. So like, and then, so then basically after he, all of his tentacles and shit get eaten up by this guy, they pretty much overwhelm him very, very quick. And that's when they talk about their bond and why, you know, why they're so loyal to Overhaul. And it's like, you know, hey, we, were, we weren't we were just randomly put together. Like, the three of us are together for a reason. And, um, but then we start seeing more about, um, you know, we, they start talking about, like, the teamwork and the bond that they have. He's reminded of his time with Mirio and, um, you know, and, like, the bond of, that he has with Mirio. And then that's when he, uh, he actually just kind of picks them apart. He just, he, like, eats, he, like, steals like or eats one of the crystals or and manifests like his own crystals and like just quickly quickly just beats the other two beats one with the other one you know what i mean yeah it's like a they all get in the line and it's like a triple switch in music from his his chicken oh, from the old two <laughs> yeah and uh so yeah he, he's taking out these three bullets of the shi scott what yakuza Shia. <laughs> I didn't even want to give it a, a second thought there, Chris. Like, yep, F that in the B. Um, F that clean in the B. But yeah, and, and we quickly realized that our boy Tamaki, he is, he's pooped. He is done. Um, yeah, he is no joke. But thankfully, this time, not only does he, not only does he, he tie them up, but he actually uses the uh, the neurotoxin from the, I guess, the octopus abilities, the food that he has, and like keeps, a, he pretty much immobilizes them that way. Pretty much knocks them out. Um. Yeah, he's a uh, he's beat. He's done. He's uh he's he, go ahead and punch him out for the day. Which I think then, um, I think he did enough. He took out three of these guys. He, you know, he, he yeah, did he did what he could. Yeah, you know, and he, he he fought the good fight. He took out three of them by himself, which really ultimately ends up the only person who does more than that is Mirio, which is awesome. Yeah. But uh, we'll get to that. So so now we've got Deku and Kirishima. They're going Fat Gum is with them and then um um, where am I? Where am I going here? And then, um, let's see. So basically, got... they realize. No, go ahead. Yeah, we got Eraserhead, and they're kind of just talking about the mimic guy's quirk. And basically, yep. Eraser's like, I can't just look at the, like these walls that are like shifting and moving and all this stuff, and mm -hmm. stop his quirk. I got to see like a, an actual portion of his face. Um, and basically, uh, this this mimicry guy is he he's watching over all these areas, and he sees that Tamaki took out those three. And then he, he basically is like, I got to separate this eraser guy. Um, and so he kind of morphs the wall out to try and separate eraser head. Mm -hmm. And Kirishima and Fatcom go at the same time and like push eraser head out of the way. So they get shoved into like a whole nother room. And uh, yep. this but is. But they are not alone in that room, my dude. Oh, no. They got fucking the next. His name fucking Rappa, Rappa, dude, fucking Parappa the Rappa. And, <laughs> That's exactly uh, um, what I thought, <laughs> dude, man. Well, it's no kick. It is all punch. Um, and so 
this is actually a really, really cool fight. Like, this dude is a bad motherfucker. So, of course, Kirishima sees him. He turns into Red Riot Unbreakable. And this dude just fucking... It's it's not like Deku punching sword, a whole fucking sword hand guy in the movie. It's not that hard. But he fucking cold cocks Kirishima. Like basically like knocks the fucking unbreakable off of him like hits him that fucking hard yeah really really puts kirishima in check here and uh he's pretty much out of commission for the time being and uh we get to see fat gum basically just try to take on these two guys you got rappa who's like this yep he's like the mike tyson of my hero academia i mean he is just throwing hands and then he's got ten guy as well, who yep. can like create these force fields that are basically unbreakable. Oh my God, it's so tough, dude. This is this is this is such a good combo because like because he's like he's like laying into Fat Gum right, like he's a fucking heavy bag. And then when Fat Gum <laughs> goes to hit him back, he's like, "Oh, is that it?" And just and then like the uh, the barrier comes up, and it's just like, "Oh shit," because yeah. like because Fat Gum has like he's able to like manipulate his fat, and he could put a whole lot of force behind that punch. But like even all that shock. The, it didn't buckle that fucking... Uh, it didn't do anything to that barrier. Yeah. Yeah, and we get to see a little bit more of, like, the... I, th- I want to say it's when Kirishima's, like, he- he's frozen, basically, and, and plays, like, out of... I guess out of fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we really get to see, like, a lot of his, his backstory growing up, and it's basically... Yeah, because this is what they call the spear and shield battle, essentially. Yeah, and we we kind of go back to him as like a youngster, like in elementary school, and we see like some some scenes where he he's trying to stand up against like some bullies, basically, and uh, mm-hmm. you know his quirk's not very strong. He's kind of just getting made fun of, basically, and uh, eventually it comes to a point where like Mina actually is in his flashbacks because I guess they went to the same uh, yeah like the same elementary school. I guess you call it or middle school. And this is, I should mention that Kirishima has, like, just this long black hair. He looks a lot different. Yeah, than very emo-ish. Very, like, emo-ish and, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, kind of kind of dorky. Like, just straight, there's no way to put it. He's just kind of just super dorky. Very, like, mousy and dorky and just a real, just a real fucking, just a, just a kid's haircut, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then, like, you see Mina Ashido, she, like, she, like, protects the bull, or, Defends the kid that's getting bullied and like makes friends with everybody, and she's like really the star of the school. And they talk about mm-hmm. how she's on her way to UA, all this stuff, mm-hmm. and then like we kind of see just a little bit more of Kirishima like as he progresses and gets older. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, oh, I'm gonna go to UA, and like we actually see that he knows the story of like what happened with Bakugo and the slime monster and Deku, which I thought was really really cool. Oh, and yeah. like it, it's almost how like Deku kind of like inspired him a little bit, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, cool. and then it was neat to see like how it's like, man, he wants to be, he wants to be like he, he had he's he's very much like Deku in the sense that he has his own hero that he looks up to. All Might's not the hero he looks up. He looks up to Crimson Riot, mm-hmm. and that's like that is his All Might. That's who he wants to be. And you know. And I guess he he kind of gets this inspiration and wants to enroll into UA High and you know, and do the hero course. And this is where he uh, I thought that was really cool. Where he uh, I was I'm trying to think if something else happens there first, but yeah. like yeah, we he see goes him. ahead and does like the hawk uh, goes with the hawk thing. Yeah, we see we see like uh, 
a, a villain attack these two girls that are friends with Mina's, mm-hmm. and he he's frozen in place, kind of like how he is currently in our our current yeah. timeline, basically. Fatgum is getting the fucking work right now, by oh, the yeah. way, by Rappa. Rat, oh. Like Fatgum, like it's it's very much like an offense. Like Fatgum can take some hits, but Rappa is just fucking wrapping him right on the Jack Johnson. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and we see another scene where like Mina comes and saves her two friends from this villain, mm-hmm. and like how how he was how Kirishima was frozen, and then we flash back to Kirishima like in his room, and he's like he's pissed off, so he like throws something, and then it, like mm-hmm. one of his books falls, and it like pops up this hologram of Crimson Riot, and he's like it's like an interview that he never got to watch, mm-hmm. and it's basically Crimson Riot's like you know if if you show me that's if you show me somebody that's afraid of death or that's not afraid of death, then I'll show you an idiot. And like, mm-hmm. we just get to see like this whole transformation of Kirishima. Cause then he like, he, he, he's got his idol and you know, he dyes his hair red. He goes full Hawk from Cobra Kai for those of you guys that mm-hmm. have seen that. And, uh, kind of just makes a, makes a big turnaround applies for UA high. And, uh, it seems like, I don't know if this happens. Um, mm-hmm. but it seems like there's some sort of like, there's more of a, a relationship between him and Mina. Yeah, and I hope they explore that a little bit more later on. I do too. Because um, I'd, I'd like to see some more uh, backstories on some of the kids. But yeah, I like how how he, you know, Kirishima was just kind of a he was just kind of a pussy for lack of a better way to put it. But then he got inspired by his hero, made some. You know, it always starts with a fresh haircut, right? Like oh, that's yeah. that, that's the, that's the first step to change. Yeah, nothing, but nothing like a fresh cut, you know. Absolutely, a fresh clip will uh, will uh, will will, will change uh, anybody's bad day from at least a decent day. But anyway, back so we're we're snapped out of that. Back in present day, Fat Gum is still continuing to get the work. Um, but again, like he can absorb the attacks, and it just like I guess like it burns away at his fat. He's got defensive fat, which is awesome. And what's really cool here is um he can build up enough energy and like pretty much create this thing i guess for lack of a better way to put it he can he he can be the spear to pierce the shield right um and um so but uh what's his name ten guy actually sees what fat gum's got going on sees that he's building up something and he's like yo rapper finish this shit up and um fat gum is like fat gum's not ready to to unleash his power yet but um and then um, before Rappa can go ahead and finish the job, like, okay, Kirishima's going to, he's, he's back. He's going to get in there and protect him. And he's going to, as he says, you know, as Crimson Wright said, you know, live your life without regrets. And he's going to go ahead and live his life without regrets. And um, so he's, he's going full on, you know, unbreakable. He is just taking the fucking punishment from Rappa here, right? And I love, I love the fucking, um, like what what's what's being said as he's doing it and now like so like and and Kirishima's going he's going down man like he doesn't have much left in the tank but fat gum dude is fully fucking charged and he wouldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for Kirishima stepping in and dude he fucking just lets out that fucking power and just that's it. Like they're done. Rappa and Ten Guy are fucking done. 
Yeah, hits him with the... He shatters the barrier, sends them both into the wall, and it's because they underestimated the power of the Red Riot, my friend. Yeah, it really it really gasses up Kirishima there at the end. And uh Absolutely. But uh Kirishima is fucking running on fumes at this point, my guy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um but you know they're victorious and it, but not always as as it seems, Chris, because Oh no no no. <laughs> oh boy Rappel just kinda gets right back up and he's like you know, I, I this isn't the end, like I wanna fight you guys again, I wanna fight yeah, he's you like, to death. He's like, get this kid to the hospital. Look, you guys go up. He's like, go up three floors. There's a hospital up there. That's where y'all need to go right now. And he's like, like, what the fuck? And Fat Gum's like, you're lying. And he's like, am I? I don't. I'm not the type of person who's gonna lie. I want to fight. I want to fight to the death. But I can't do that if you're weak like this. And he's like, he's like, I'm a former MMA fighter. I was like, you fucking lunkhead. <laughs> yeah, and basically, like as they're like in this little recovery unit area, like. Everybody's recuperating because I want to say Rappa's arms are broken or something's wrong. Oh yeah, he he ain't got shit left in the tank either. His arms are have long since turned to powder at this point. Yeah, pretty much everybody's wiped, and uh, while everybody's recuperating and all this stuff, he basically just kind of spills the beans on Overhaul's plan. Yeah, which is, you know, it, it's interesting, but like at this point, he he kind of knows that Fatgum and Kirishima they're not they're not catching up to the rest of their group at, at any Oh time, yeah. So. Yeah, they're not. But now, now we know. So now we. Speaking of overhaul, we uh, we catch up to overhaul and Chrono. Uh, they're talking and they're um, you know talking about the noise and Chrono's like, oh man, we're I think we're done for. This is gonna be it. Um, but overhaul's like, nah, man, we're good. As long as you got me, we're good. And that once we uh, once our once our bullets are done, the Yakuza's gonna be uh, you know, Yakuza's gonna be top dogs again. Now that we've got these new investors, so. Uh, you know, he's got the uh, the fucking villain temp, the Yakuza temp squad of Himiko Toga and my boy twice. So the League of Villains, Cody, are are uh, they're present and accounted for. Here I am, rock you like a hurricane. <laughs> Nothing like a good Scorpions reference mid podcast, right, Chris? <laughs> um, yep. Yeah, it seems like uh, Shigaraki has landed twice and uh, Toga over to. The Yakuza. I'm not going to attempt to pronounce that name again. Um, oh yeah. And, and we we they. How, how do I want to put this? Um. Basically, he he's got them being sort of like double agents, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um. And correct me if I'm wrong. Is this where we actually see like the scene where they get introduced to him? Where they have. Uh, uh what's the dude's. One of the guys that works with the Yakuza, he's like the guy that makes him tell the truth. Oh, um, yeah, he looks like Chrono, but he dresses in all black instead of like the white hood. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that guy's name. I can't think of it right now, but basically, like, they they pass the test with him. They're like, because they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you what our quirks are. And he's like, all right, what's your quirk? And then twice spills the beans, and then he looks at Toga, and he's like, all right, what's your quirk? And you get that like the present Mike intro where present Mike kind of details what this dude's quirk is that he tells he forces people to tell yep. the truth if he asks a question and uh, yep. and and the funny thing is semi spoiler alert the, their uh, twice his quirk that's like the fucking surface of what he can do by the way yeah oh it's Nomoto is his name yeah. by the way 
and Quarkus okay, Confession. That actually is a little bit farther ahead, but you know. yeah, that's a really that's a really cool name of a quark, though. Oh yeah. But um, so moving right along here, um, we we flash back to our boys. Uh, you know, we flash back to our boy Rocklock, who hasn't been around for a while. Um, you know, he's um, you know, he's he's basically keeping anybody, everybody who's in that group with him and Night Eye. He's stopping them from pretty much being killed by Nimic. Um, and um, of course, Deku is using his quirk to st- you know to break the walls away as he's trying to crush them in. Um, and so Mimic also realizes that he's got the uh, the reinforcements there. He's got the uh, League of Villains, so he can sep- So he goes ahead and se- starts to separate the heroes. Uh, Deku and Aizawa are together. Night Eye is with the police. Rocklock is all by himself, and he is quickly ambushed by our girl Toga. And uh, well, goes ahead and stabs him. It just makes real quick work of Rocklock here. And uh, she refers to herself as Himiko the Gangster. That's right. She, she's part of the funny. Yakuza now, Chris. And, That's uh, right. She's, 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 she's got that Yakuza money now. Yeah, and of course, being Himiko, she, she takes his appearance on using her ability. And uh, fortunately for our heroes, our, our boy uh, Aizawa kind of sees through it because like, he realizes that Lockrock's been stabbed. He's like, wait. Yep. He's like, Yep, and this is also where because so Aizawa pretty much sees right through her disguise. His quirk uses his quirk to stop her quirk, which causes her her little mimicry to melt away. And this is when Deku's like, "Oh, that's this." She was there at the fucking exam. Yeah, he's connected the dot that she was the one that was pretending to be Ochako, and she was pretending to be someone else too. Uh, Cami. Cami, yeah, from the, the M Bison School or whatever the hell it was called. That's right, the old M Bison Academy. But um, but yeah, so I'm trying to remember what because it, it kind of gets a little jumbled here. But um, so she actually gets away because um, Mimic like splits her through a different wall. Um, and I'm trying to remember what happens here with Twice because Twice gets hit with something and starts to like, like okay, okay, okay. Now I remember. It should be. So, we, should, we should mention also that uh, Toga actually does manage to stab um, Aizawa, mm-hmm. which could could come into effect down the road. Um, Absolutely, because once she has somebody's blood, she can like, turn into that person. And, uh, mm-hmm. So just put a little pin in that for now. Yeah, and um, so and then we have um, so twice and a um, a clone of Rappa actually. Are there confronting Night Eye and the police, and uh, Night Eye is just like, just uses some some of his steals, and just quickly makes work of the uh, the the double of Rappa, um, and he's very surprised to see that like the League of Villains is actually working with the Yakuza, and twice is like, oh shit, he beat that clone pretty quick, so I need to uh, so of course he goes on his fucking rant that the Yakuza suck, and he's like, god damn it. But while he's ranting and raving, Night Eye actually gets him and rips part of his mask. Um, and Twice has this moment where it's like, and of course, Mimic break, brings him away and he meets up with Toga. And like, Twice is worried about splitting in two. Like, he's like, oh my God, if my mask is torn, I'm going to, I, I will not be able to hold myself together. Um, and then, of course, Toga is like, these guys suck. And she wraps, like, the scarf over his mask. And, like, I, I do like, 
and you see a lot more of this moving forward. These two have a really deep relationship. It's not like a, it's not, it's not a romantic relationship, but it's like a very deep, like, like just really, really like they, I feel like they love each other almost like family. Yeah. Because there's something later on that happens that, uh, that may, that this that's where twice goes fucking batshit and like really shows what his power is. And that's in the league, uh, the, my villain academia arc, which again, I don't want to get too far ahead, but the yeah. fact that I, I've, I've read all, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this have read that, but that's what makes me like twice even more. Twice is a really, really neat character and is, might be one of my favorite, like of the villains. Um, him and Dobby are probably my two favorites, but twice is a really, really cool character. And we start to see some of that here. Um, yeah, and I actually, but, I kind of jumped the gun earlier. When, this is where we get the scene where, like, it's revealed, like, the League of Villains plans that they're going to have Toga and Twice go in and mm-hmm. kind of, like, just pretend to be, you know, with the Yakuza and eventually, like, you know, kind of get them to do their bidding for them. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I, I kind of brought that up a little bit too early, but, you know, it's it's all it's all jumbled together a little bit. Um, yep, yeah. but this is also where you see Shigaraki also pretty much say, hey, guys, y'all, y'all be with the Yakuza, play nice, but also I want you to, I want you to kind of take them down from the inside. You know, fuck those guys is, is essentially what he says. Yeah, and then back in the present, we see, like, Toga and Twice are kind of, like, shit-talking the Yakuza Yep, and mimic obviously being in the walls, like he it's pissing him off. Like oh, he, he's like you sons of bitches. Yeah, and uh, he basically causes the whole building to kind of like, I guess like funnel down into like one specific area. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's basically just going to try to crush them. Like he's like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking kill them all. Whatever. This is done. This is done. And then go, and then we're coming down the home stretch here. This is basically where you see the thing you were talking about, where they confront uh, twice and Toga and see if they're they're legit and they're on board. But they are. Um, so Toga now is taunting Mimic, getting them all riled up. And uh, because Toga got him riled up, he actually gave away his location. And Deku fucking found him all right and hit him with the old fucking uh, oh, which is which is an old just an old left foot of fury right to the grill, pretty much taking him out. Yeah, between Deku and then Eraser taking out his quirk, yep. he, he is uh he is done. Yep. And uh so the walls now stop moving. There's I, I mean nothing changes. Like the, the scenery is still the same, but that's it there. But also here now. So and now this is when Nina is like, oh well the league clearly was not in league with the Yakuza because they just fucking betrayed this guy. Um <laughs> so and he feels like I guess all the heroes have been used, I suppose. But now, Cody, it's time, Chris. Cody, 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 <laughs> it's time. It's time for what we've all been waiting for. Mirio has finally caught up to overhaul Chrono and Aerie. Cody, there is there is so much powerful dialogue in these next couple episodes, man. Like I, I I can't say enough good about this man. Like Mirio, like Overhaul's pretty much just like taunting him. He's like, "You're not a hero, Eric. No, she doesn't want to be rescued by you. You're you're nothing." And Overhaul's like, "Well, you're gonna die." And that's when uh, Mirio starts to go ahead and attack, and he's quickly disrupted by uh by our man uh, Sakaki, who of the eight bullets, who's this uh. It's pretty much like the drunk villain. I forget what his power is called. Fucking wasty face or something. Because uh, 
I think I think Basically, it's actually called Sloshed. Is the name Sloshed. Of <laughs> fucking awesome. Because and this is where also we see Nomoto, uh, Nomoto who comes in and he tries to shoot Mirio. And there's some really cool scenes here. Like he tries to shoot it and like he, the bullet just passes through him. And this is where he asked he asks Mirio like what his quirk is, and he's like, oh shit. And he um. Oh, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, Nomoto finds out what his quirk is because obviously he has that confession quirk where you have to tell the truth. Yep. Um, and but... basically he tries to he tries to really get the uh why why Mirio's actually there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I'm basically he just says straight up he's there to rescue he's there to be a hero. He's there to rescue Ari. And um, you know, he's just like, you know, overhaul's a monster. Like, why are you guys following this guy? Like the faith you have in this guy is just bullshit. Because you got a guy who's abusing his own daughter, daughter quotation marks and well who so mirio goes ahead and just makes short fucking work of these two dude like i love the scene where like he fucking slides into the wall comes out with the fucking russian sickle the fucking close of the steiner line on old uh nimoto and just takes these fuckers down dude yeah, absolutely. We also find out that Overhaul admits he basically says, "Oh, I just told you that Ari was my daughter. Like that was, that wasn't yeah. true." And this just pisses Mirio off even more. Um, dude, I love when um, oh, dude. So, so he takes out the other two, and he's still kind of he's still a little groggy because of um the um because of the slosh quirk, but you know. It doesn't really affect him too much because Mirio, you know, when he he's always kind of off centered and off, you know, kind of off keel when he's using his um, when he's using his quirk. So like it doesn't affect him too terribly much. But we get this really awesome scene, dude, where Overhaul or he goes to punch Overhaul and then he fucking goes to kick him and phases it through Airy and fucking just clocks Overhaul right in the fucking chops, dude. Oh, that's my Yo, and then we get that scene. That's then we get that scene where he's kneeling and he's got air. I've actually got a coffee cup with that picture on it, with him like holding Aerie. Dude, like I was sitting there, I watched this episode again, and I'm like sitting there eating my lunch and I'm like banging on the table, dude. Like I'm like Deku sitting in front of the computer watching the fucking All Might video, you know? Yeah, it's definitely the coolest scene is when he fucking phases the kick through Aerie and hits Kisaki. Like, oh man. It's definitely my favorite Lamillion moment. Dude, and like. The, why I love these episodes, this is the only, these episodes have my only gripe in it. I don't, um, and they don't come yet, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about those when we get there. So basically overhaul starts to use his quirk. He's reshaping the ground. Like Mirio's like able to protect Aerie. He's, uh, you know, he's using his cape to kind of blind, um, Chris Chrono's trying to shoot him, but he's able to use his, um, his cape to kind of obscure Chrono's shot. And dude, oh, man you gotta get and to like the, just the, the way they keep the way they keep riling up uh mirio and like the fact that he you know he's warping through the ground and he gets chrono and he gets uh he gets mirio and uh so one of the nomoto actually isn't out you know he's, he's down but he's not out mm-hmm. and um i want to say he's the one who goes to shoot mirio but realizes based on what they said earlier he's like oh shit airy i need to shoot her 
uh, because that's why he's here. So he points the gun at Aerie. And when he pulls the trigger, dude, you see this, dude. So you see him dart across. He scoops her up. And you see the bullet strike Mirio. But what I really like is you get this close-up of Mirio's face, and he's just he's all smiles. Like, Mirio knows what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to let Aerie see it. And I thought that was so fucking cool. And uh, and what does he say? He, uh, Overhaul says something about, uh, he's like, uh, heroes wear capes um, to wrap up little girls who are in pain or something like that. But... Yeah, our, bo- our boy uh, Lemillion has uh, officially lost his, his quirks, Chris. Dude, yeah, he, he's... But he's not giving up, Chris, because in this but what episode... I, but he's also still... what I like here... Because before, because before he before he goes into this fight with overall, before after he gets shot, we get a nice little flashback with Mirio about like Mirio wanting to be a hero, and his dad's like, you know, his dad says something to the effect of like, you know, I couldn't do it, I couldn't cut it, but I'll support you in whatever you want to do. You'll be because like and he's like, you still and he even asks his son like, do you still want to save people? And he's like, yeah, more than anything. So. And this is before he could even like control his quirk. So you start seeing like the montage of like him like sticking his fingers through rocks, like him like falling through the floor, like him spending this time because we it goes going back to season three. He taught when he was telling the class how how hard he had to work to get on the level that he is. We start seeing those those clips, but and then he just and meanwhile overhaul is taunting him. But yo. You just see Chrono's body come flying across the fucking room, and Mirio just fucking punches Overhaul and basically breaks his arm with his punch. Mm-hmm. And dude, he's like, he he does. And Mirio just basically just he doesn't need a quirk to be a fucking hero. And this is where we get like, I love the music that's playing. We get all these scenes of him moving and punt and fighting. But like, my only gripe is is that it's all it was. It was more of a slideshow than it was an actual like animated fight. I would have loved to have seen this fight like fully animated. Mm-hmm. And dude, so this, the, the the little montage ends with Mirio. He's got like fucking spikes from the ground up through his legs. He's got one in the side of his gut. And he uh he goes ahead and, and overhaul is declaring that you know he's like, I'm gonna fix this disease that is heroes. And so he's about to go ahead and get the final blow on him and Cody. We get the fucking scene that gives me goosebumps, too. We see the wall start to shatter on the side. And fucking Deku just come, Dude, Cody, god damn it. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking on. Yep. Dude. Dude, like that, this whole episode is probably my favorite episode in the show. Like, I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. But, like, this episode, like, chokes me up whenever I see it. Because, like... you. I, I urge everybody to watch this episode with your eyes closed. Don't watch it. Listen to it. It's some of the best dialogue, the music, the pacing. It is a just a tremendous episode of anime. And, dude, you, you hate to see, like, you hate to see Mirio kind of end up in that position. But, uh, Cody, we're going right to the next episode. We kind of get that quick recap with, uh, with, um, Deku, we we get I guess lead what leads up to that point. Um, you know, thankfully Rock Lock is okay. You know, he does he does kind of come around on Deku and the kids here at the end. 
but um excuse me so you know and rock lock kind of like inspires people hey man let's go ahead and uh you know let's get this uh let's get this uh this we're almost there let's go ahead and get this final push and that's when and that's when it cuts to deku uh beating through the wall here and uh, it's so funny because like uh twice and toga are still there and they're just like you know she wants to see uh She's like, I want to see Deku get the shit beat out of him. She's like, but I really want to see Overhaul get the shit beat out of him even more. So, yeah, they're kind of just like our spectators, really. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. So you got Sir Nidai shows up, Aizawa and Izuku, mm-hmm. and now they've caught up to confront Overhaul. And then we got Overhaul's little goon guy, Corono, and he basically takes him and Aizawa off to the side, like in a side room, and uh, mm-hmm. basically. Because Aizawa was using his quirk to erase um, Overhaul's quirk, so he couldn't, like, yep. rip anything apart and reassemble it. Um, mm-hmm. But Corona was quick oh. to act and removed Aizawa from the picture. Yep, and what was really cool here, I, I do like how you, Night Eye realized that when they popped in the room, that pretty much Mirio's, like, Mirio's cleaned house. He's like, man, he beat, he, he injured Overhaul. He's taken out, like, fucking all these, he's taken a lot of bullets out of the gun, and he's just like, and he got airy. He's like, man, he's just really, really impressed. So, um, yeah, so you're right. So, Chrono takes out uh, Azawa, dude. And it just keeps saying, like, dude, Azawa's so fucking powerful. Like, that dude, on like, just have that dude in a crowd of heroes. And it's like, the villains are just done. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how powerful the villain is. Like, just have Aizawa just stare at him. Yep. Yeah, and then but, eventually it gets revealed also in this scene that Airy is actually the previous, like, Yakuza boss's da- granddaughter? Yes, uh, um, granddaughter. Yeah, and we, and we see like some some backstory about uh, overhaul and like this this boss that like brought him in, and um, and we do kind of get some early vibes here that like overhaul really wants to take the yakuza in the new in a new direction, but the the, the original boss is like you know we still you know you know, we're not just thugs, you know, we have, we have an order and we have old ways that we have to respect. So, you know, there seems to be a, uh, just a, a, a difference in philosophy between these two. Right. But now that, now, but now that, uh, Izao is out of the picture, Overhaul is back. And also, when you see Overhaul do some uh, some real wild shit here, man, he takes uh, Chrono's body and I know, um, he, I know he takes Nomoto's body. Nomoto's body and basically like like fuses them all together. Yeah, he like disassembles them and then reassembles them into this like giant forearm. Yeah, fucking... yeah, it's not Chrono. It's um, it's you're right. It's Nomoto. Yeah, and it basically, basically like, turns into fucking Goro from Mortal Kombat yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, and he is a lot. He seems to be a lot stronger. He, he's going through his forms of Frieza now. So we're gonna that that's the phase we're at in this fight. Um, so we're we're in a we're in a big shoulders, short legs phase of the fight. That's a classic anime trope. That's always phase two. Um, yeah, and this and, is where this is where Night Eye kind of takes the charge, and he's basically like, "Hey, oh Deku." My God, dude. You got to get Mirio and Aerie to safety. I'll, I'll deal with Overhaul right now. Mm-hmm. Or so he thinks, Chris, because he... Uh... Oh, oh, boy, Night Eye gets his ass whooped. <laughs> oh, dude. So, like, he goes to... um. 
And of course, you know, Deku tries to fight Overhaul. Overhaul is just like, whatever, dude. And um, he he gets hit by one of uh, one of Night Eye's seals. And um, well, like you said, so you know, Night Eye steps up to the plate, so um, so the million and Ari and uh, Ari can get away. And um, well, Night Eye and Overhaul having themselves a little bit of a fight here. And what what boy? While that's going on, we we. Like, we see Night-Eye uses his Quirk Foresight, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so he's just viewing, like, just seconds ahead so he can, like, dodge all these attacks and all this stuff. But, like, he quickly comes to the realization that, like, there is no there is no good outcome here. He kind of has, like, a... He's like Doctor Strange in <laughs> Infinity War, <laughs> That's man. what I was going to say. I was like, it's like Doctor Strange <laughs> in Infinity War, except there is no... There is no, no there, good There outcome. is no one future. Yeah, there is no one future where, like, things can be saved. Um... Which again, I, I get the instant feeling like okay, until yeah. you know, until it is, you know, right? Um, but yeah, Night Eye, he pretty much just takes an ass whooping here, um, dude. And because like, so Deku's trying to get Mirio and Aerie away, and like Aerie like turns around, she's like she sees how badly Mirio's injured, and she wants the fighting to stop. So she, you know, she does what she's pretty much been trained to do her whole life. She runs back to Overhaul. But that's when, uh, when uh, they, um, well, no, 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 she doesn't run back to overhaul. She, um, she wants the fighting to stop, and she has like kind of like a bit of a breakdown. But that's when Deku and Mirio see what happens to Night Eye. Yep. Yeah, basically, overhaul is oh, boy. Like he's he disassembling and reassembling the ground, and they like basically just impaled him with this huge spike of, I guess, concrete is what it is. Um. Mm-hmm. And yeah, eventually, I know Aerie wants to like head back to Overhaul just to prevent like this this violence from continuing because she doesn't want anybody else to get hurt. Exactly. Oh, sorry, I, but, muted, um... I muted myself. But this episode actually comes to an end with uh, Ryokyu's the Dragon Lady. Her team kind of just crashes through the the ceiling. <laughs> Her and old fucking Big Dude have just been scrapping outside this whole fucking time, Cody. They have just been fucking just cold cocking each other <laughs> this whole time. And now we we do get to see a really fun blow here from Deku. We get to see a Manchester smash, a little a little a uh, little axe kick action that uh that Overhaul does miss. And once he dodges that, that's when. They um, they all come. That's when Ryoko come tumbling through the wall here. Now there's another big scene here with Mirio with him, and he's like leading Ari away, and he's like, clearly he's still upset from Night Eye die, uh, Night Eye getting uh, hurt like that, and he's like, like trying to urge himself to get up, and like you just see how much pain he is in. Um, again, just another real powerful moment for Mirio here. Yeah, he's leaving like a trail of blood behind him. Oh, he, he yeah. is not in good shape. Yeah, um, boy howdy. That pretty much brings us to our to our final episode, Chris. We get a uh, starts off. It kind of rewinds us a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. No pun intended to the upcoming quirk we're about to see, but uh, yes, we see a little bit of um, Ryukyu and like Ochako and Sue and all them. Mm-hmm. Basically, the big dumb goon guy they were fighting. He took took some of these. Superhero steroids, if you will. Um, oh yes, little compound V for those of you that watch the boys. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and uh, he, I guess he's like he's sucking the vitality out of him. Yeah, he he pretty much saps Hado 
froppy and your gravity like basically just basically they're drained they are wiped yeah and then we see deku or so we think uh kind of mm-hmm. come up and he's basically like hey you need a i don't know if he says you need a breakthrough right here and like help out with mm-hmm. the others um and so they break through the floor this is so smart right get, here dude we kind of get brought to present time and then two and all of them they see another deku and they're like wait a minute if that's Deku, yeah. then who was that? And then, of course, <laughs> fucking us, gotcha, bitch. Uh, us, the viewer, were like, "Oh, it's got to be Toga, right?" Of course, it was yep. Toga because they want to. Obviously, the League of Villains wants to be like the top tier. They want to, you know, they want to take out all all those who like, you know, try to take the power mm-hmm. from them. And uh, yeah, old girl Toga kind of kind of helps out our heroes. I guess you, you is a an easier way to say it. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, Chris. Then we uh. We get we get the fight. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh so so basically we've still got um because okay, so there's, there's there's a lot happening here. So they crash through the wall. They know like, it's like one of those things, I it's like a three Spider Man, like I notice you, you notice me, but like pretty much the the team is like, Oh shit, look at Night Eye, what happened? Wait, and the, so like Sue, uh Ochako and Hado actually go to look after Night Eye. Um, and Deku, of course, is um, he's going after Overhaul, which is trying, you know, that he's so he's basically trying to get out with Aerie, essentially, right? Man, man, there's just this this is all happening so fast, and this is where we start to get to see um, we get to see Aerie's quirk. Yeah, because she she um, like she like runs at Overhaul, and mm-hmm. basically when she I don't know if she touches him or if she just like runs past him, but like. As soon as she touches just him, takes, like him and all the other like villain bodies, they just like splat. They just they they just they, separate. They just all rip apart. Yeah, like he's not fused with Namoto or Krolo or whichever one of these little these little goons that yeah. he's with. Like he, she basically we, just separates them. Yep, and we do notice like the horn that's on her head is actually like she's got like she's got full blown horn going on there. The, you mess with the bull, you get the horn. That's right. But uh, so yeah, so this is where we see. Um, you know, really what she can do. And I guess this is where, I guess this is where her, what am I trying to say here? This is where you can kind of see what those bullets were doing. So it's reverting people back to before they got their quirk, essentially. It's reverting them before they had their quirk, which, um, bodes kind of well when we start to, when we start talking about Mirio further on down the line, but Mm -hmm. It's a good look into the future here. Um, so, so and, and of course, she's got uh, Lemillion's cape, and she grabs Deku here. And, of course, Deku jumps through the air, because they're outside, like, on these stone platforms, like, high up at this point. And um, so he grabs her, and he tells her he's never going to let her go again. And some very powerful emotional scenes here. And uh, basically, he... I want to say he jumps up and like to the surface of like mm-hmm. this giant hole in the ground that they're in, and he realizes quickly that like he's like, why aren't he's like, I'm I'm not taking any damage. Obviously, he's, he's still holding uh, Harry, mm-hmm. and he's like, he's wondering like, why do I still have all my power? Why am I? Why my injuries have healed? Like, what's what's going on? And it, I want to say it's overhaul. He like he assimilates one of his other little goons, and then he heads mm-hmm. after Izuku and Harry, and he kind of. He kind of explains Ares' quirk that it actually is like, it's like a rewind button. 
essentially. Mm -hmm. Rewind's living things. So basically, it's like, from what I understand, I guess the way I, I always thought it was, he's using, he is hurting himself, but she's reverting him back. Like, he's using full-on 100%, and, like, it's reverting him back before it injured, before he injures himself. Yeah. And it, basically, Izuku's like, all right, well, let me get, yeah. throw you on my back party, real quick. Party time. Yeah, you don't let go, because he, he's going to use, he gets to use, he basically gets anything goes. He can break his arms. It's not going to matter. He's not going to feel any pain. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, Chris, and we get, like, and, uh, just the best fight scene. Dude, yeah, because uh, Overhaul is fused with old fucking Big Boy. Um, yep. And obviously, while while that's happening, you know, we've got Froppy looking over Mirio. Night Eye is still alive. Um, you know, just kind of try, still trying to direct traffic down there. And, um, and of course, Overhaul, like you said, he's just this giant, monstrous form. And he's like, uh, you know, Ares Quirk is going to kill you if you continue to hold her like that. And he's like, you need to go ahead and give her back to me. And, of course, we get, like, you know, she, he's like, no, her quirk is kind, and, you know, it's healing me. And that's when he says that how it, how the quirk affects his body and that, like, even though he's accumulating, he won't, it's, uh, um, well, he can act, he can access the 100% indefinitely because it's, um, he, if he injures himself faster, he won't rewind as fast as Ari can, you know what I'm saying? Like, the faster he goes, the, the slower the rewind will be. Yeah, so basically he can just completely go all out, and uh, yep. And then of we, course, uh, overhaul has tells the plan. This is where he wanted to use the bullets to to restore humanity to the natural order, get rid of hero society, and he's the only one who understands Ari and, and value her what her value is, and it's like, you know, and he's gonna go ahead and now use his super powerful monster form to go ahead and uh fight, but Deku fucking punts him into the stratosphere. Oh yeah! Not only that, and then he Deku basically just goes Super Saiyan two here, Chris. Yeah. Oh yes. Kicks him up in the air, and then he hits him with like uh, I don't even know what to call that attack that he does. It's not like a regular smash. He like it's like a ton of fists appear out of nowhere. Dude, and wrecking like wrecking overhaul. He like shatters the fucking sky. Like he. <laughs> yeah, like shreds all oh of his like God. his like monstrous armor stuff that he's accumulated from absorbing the one dude. And then hits him with the greatest punch in the face, probably of the show at this point. Yeah, like, like this nope. one might actually be bigger than the. Uh, well, no, I, I still think the one with old fucking sword hands was uh, was bigger. <laughs> but uh, but man, he uh, he lets overhaul fucking have it. Yeah, and of course this is Night Eyes realizing he's like, wait, this isn't this has never happened. Like he didn't see this in this vision. Like this is. You mean all... Cody? This is the first time his uh his um his foresight wasn't one hundred percent accurate, as All Might tried to foretell a few episodes before. What? It's not like they've been <sighs> like we knew this was going to happen all along. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't care. I, I still enjoy it. It's so good. Yeah, and like I said, this last these last couple episodes, it's really hard to do them justice talking about them. Just know that these this little spot right here, because now this is basically the home stretch of the uh, of the Yakuza arc. Overhaul's defeated. Um, Night Eye came to the realization that the future he saw is 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 not going to come to pass, and you know, Deku's fate and future are kind of kind of up in the air, really. 
Yeah. Yeah, he and, luckily him he's he's mission accomplished though. He saved this this girl. He saved Ari and uh unfortunately we'll have to, we'll just have to see like the like the aftermath the of this. Fallout. Yeah. yeah. Cuz like our boy Lamillion, he is quirkless. Lamillion's quirkless, night eyes in critical condition. Um you yeah, know what? Yeah, how how the fuck is Night Eye still alive? He's got like a giant fucking pillar to spike the room, but that's what I'm saying, dude. He is he is he is running on empty, and you know, but you got got to tune in next week. You got to watch the second half of season four of My Hero Academia with us, Cody, because a lot is going to happen. We're going to see, you know, I mean, what's happening with the League of Villains? What are they up to? You know, what's the fallout of this uh this fight with the Yakuza? What's going to happen to Ari? Um, you know, what is Mirio's fate? What, you know, what, how do they let us up after this? What's going to happen? And of course, Cody, you know, the second half of, se- of season four is definitely the let us up segment. We have a school festival. We have a, uh, a YouTube villain that we're getting ready to meet. Um, Jake Paul. And we get, do what? I said Jake Paul. <laughs> That's right. We get the, we get Jake Paul, the YouTube villain, uh, <laughs> AKA gentle criminal. Uh, we also get, um, just a really great and moving performance by the class of 1A. And we also get to see the payoff that we've been waiting for this entire season. So, Cody, with that being said, I am spent. I am out. I am much, much like Red Riot and Takami, I am out of gas. <laughs> I can't blame you, Chris. I think this this might end up being our longest episode yet. We're just over two hours here. So, uh yeah. Guys, just make sure to follow along with us. Tune in next week as we cover the second half of season four. Mm-hmm. The last 12 episodes, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, just follow us on our socials at Facebook and Twitter. And uh, Shonen and Suds, you, know, you guys know where to find us. Uh, I've been over this a million times with the, the housekeeping right. stuff. If you don't know, you better call somebody. That's right, Chris. Um, but, yeah, that's that's all I got. Like you said, I'm spent. I got these allergies. I I am good. I'm ready to dive into the second half of season four. I am too, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a hero too. <laughs> Cody, what am I to be? What is my calling? I gave up giving up. I'm ready to go. So so we're that's gonna be our new karaoke. You don't know this yet, but that's gonna be our karaoke jam next time we're together. Is that so. what? What even, no, it is. What even was that? Do I, am I am I? Well, that was the, that was the song. That's, Oh, that's the song that they sing from the uh, when they do their performance. That's the Hero Two song. Oh, Chris, I've you know that they sing at the school. If I if I'm being honest, Chris, I've only seen season four one other time, other than just holy now. holy shit! Then you're then you're all, then you're in for a treat. Yeah, it's been it's been a minute. I remember you know I remember everything that mostly happens, but you know song mm-hmm. lyrics. You know I, I'm I'm behind, Chris. So I'll that's true. To... I know you're a big Doobie Brothers guy, and if it's not Doobie <laughs> Brothers, you're not listening to it. <laughs> I love that, Chris. But uh, yeah, with that being said, guys, I am Cody Snodgrass. And I am Chris Adams. And as always, thank you for hanging out with us on this marathon episode. And we will see you all next time.